You are listening to Thursday Nights, episode 118. some research and it was discerned that a way back may be possible to the light world after our tethers had been cut by Pazuzu and essentially stranding us here but in order to do so we would need to use the crystal uh, the shards of the crimson the shard of pure evil that's right a lot of crystal and <laughs> the red splinters thing. the splinters of the shard of pure evil of the shard of pure evil who, who even knows what the pure evil is a shard of I call yeah. them uh, the black Crystals. By the way, just so you guys know, I always envision the recaps as Hugh as an old man telling the story to a bunch of children, and so when he gets things wrong, he gets confused. It's no that it just fits in. Saying, of- so you're saying Hugh lives? Who's gonna live, right? In That's your mind. Optimistic. In your mind. Brandis tells the story of Hugh. After in some all you world. Were dead. In some world. In some place. In some timeline. Hugh is the Wilson of Brandis's castaway. <laughs> exactly your summer pen. You get, no, you so, get sucked into the sword, obviously. Yes, there we You're go. Um, so, uh, in this refuge that had been crafted by um, Matic in this world, um, we formulated our plan to go and capture or confront Shar, um, the dark goddess partially responsible in her own time for destroying... Mistra, the goddess of magic. Um, so we trek our way across there until we encounter a vast area known as the Dark Cemetery, aptly named for the area is completely covered in an unnatural shadow, making light completely uh, obscured. Moot? Moot. No light. <laughs> there is no light. Um, radiant energy is able to pierce it a little bit, and Hughes' um, vision is also able to pierce it. Uh, inside this area is the ruins of uh, Cormier from long, long ago, filled with the undead. Zombies, giant skeletons, crazy carnivorous pygmy children thing. Real nasty stuff. Uh, the party eventually manages to fight their way, well actually sneak their way to uh, the center of it all, where they find the fallen god Shar. Um, pale skin, dark hair, hanging from numerous hooks embedded in her skin in a tree in a clearing. Um, and then we begin to talk. How did that go? It went oddly. About what you'd expect. Ren, uh, Ren definitely played the key role in talking. Um, and different avenues were taken. Uh, talking about trying to get friendship, information, allies... All kind of a ruse as to none, none truly indicating our true purpose and basically wanting to capture soul or energy or whatnot. Um, she leaves us some information, indicates that Pazuzu um, recruited her to work for him, 
promised her rulership if she if she would help him. Um, mentioned briefly that the Unraveler, possibly a mention to the uh, similar entity to the device in the Temple of Elemental Evil in the Elemental Chaos. Which is called Menglis. The Menglis, that's right. Um, and then after the event, Pazuzu had, was gone from this world. He left when the barrier broke. Doesn't know what happened to him. And she thinks that she he has forgotten about her, but is hoping that he would come back. Um, Shar had to give up a piece of herself in order to break down the barrier uh, to Thera's Dune. Um, and after about this much information has come out, she gets uh, suspicious of us for why we are asking so many questions, what she wants from us. Essentially, she tires of us and attacks us, causing us all to forget, except for Ren, why we are there and what we are doing. Um, and Ren is not immediately forthcoming to the rest of the party. Uh, and we are also blinded. Uh, whatever kind of energy we had had before... That makes it sound so harsh. <laughs> uh, that's not nearly as harsh as it actually pretty, was. Pretty he softened it pretty well, I thought. <laughs> and she also casts an area of further darkness upon us. Um, this is Ren sitting with Hugh in the future. <laughs> no, it was not, I mean... And then everybody goes, and, the kids, say, and the kids say, did Ren really not tell you guys what you were supposed to do when you faced down a god? Eh. <laughs> it was, Everything worked out. It was very end. confusing at the time. There were combat there were confusing began. Times. Uh, amnesic, blinded, and surrounded on all sides by giant skeletons uh, facing the wrath of a fallen god. Um, it goes relatively well. Um, Hugh almost drops. Uh, try to remember any other notable moments. Almost. 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 Some well well used Brandis powers died. to keep him up. Did yeah, Brandis, Brandis die? He died in the, in the outside area where he flavor died. That's right. He flavor died and then came back crushing uh, crushing down. Um, and then in the middle of combat, Ren again begins to attempt to talk to Char and is successful. Um, Talks her down. Challenges to talk her down. Brings up uh, talking of Pazuzu. To, it comes out that I I think, I mean, at least he was under the impression that she was perhaps a little bit enamored of Pazuzu. Yeah. Who was she? She wasn't so much interested in vengeance, more she just, she just wanted him. And uh, distracted and distraught by these emotions coursing through her, she is left open to the killing blow struck by Brandis, um, who drives the Blade of Souls deep within her as the power... <laughs> Remember Hugh's retelling. Children, you'll have to leave during this part. This is a gold song. As Pinter called, uh, directed us to hold out our shards of yeah. the, our slivers of the red crystal shard. Splinters. Splinters. Of the shiver. Splinters of, of the, the shard of purity of it. I don't know. Or bits of crystal that are red. Bits of crystal. Um, as the shadow energy poured out from Char into all of them uh, and also into ourselves. Uh, imbuing the crystals and ourselves with the powers of this fallen god, Char. And that is where we left off last week on Thursday nights. Yes. In the center of a vast ruin... Filled with undead in unnatural darkness. Wondering why Ren didn't tell us what we were supposed to do. Oh yeah, Ren 
we're gonna let that loose just as a before we kill her. You're like, oh yeah. The fog slowly begins to roll back as Shar's sustaining magic finally evaporates. The risen dead begin to fall apart and drop to the ground at your feet, collapsing in mounds of scattered flesh and bones. Now that your vision has returned, you can recognize more clearly what is left of Cormer's streets, Cormier's streets, lost to time by a combination of erosion and debris. You stand in what was once a cobblestone square, though not much is left after 200 years of decay. A fountain sits in the center of the square, cracked down the middle and filled with the rubble that once made up a statue in its center. Only the feet now remain. Do I recognize these people? Uh, yeah, who is, uh, who is erected in the, in the town center of Cormier? That's <laughs> statue. It's very not you. Which makes sense. <laughs> Just Sorry. It makes sense. Yeah. It's statue of one of Brandis' old lives. Barely recognizable as the modern Brandis. Only since discovering his uh, his undying nature, have you started to kind of recognize some of these figures here and there as being uh, as being past lives of his that you know you wouldn't have recognized before. But Brandis has learned to kind of understand who he was and remember what more specifically. Is he recognizes. Uh, it doesn't make comment on right now, but he recognizes the distinctive military boots of this statue, and then at a later date. Is talking and saying, "Oh yes, I remember in Cormier I saw the uh, the remains of the statue of uh, you know Feraldi the fighter." Let me tell you about Feraldi. And as you are looking at this, look, looking around at your um, at your friends, your colleagues, as such, partners, you notice that a change has come over each of them. What is that change? Start with me. Is anyone volunteer? I think Lincoln wants to go. Lincoln. We all yeah. wanted to know for first, two weeks. looking at Ren. You we see. all looked at Ren first. <laughs> because we're the most we concerned. We can't We're the most concerned. Ren, after just taking in all of this power from Char, you see just he has this, this just grin on his face. I mean, his eyes are wide. And he just, he's beaming at this, at what just happened. And as you look at him, you can kind of see that almost like his face, it kind of, it's like it jumbles. And you see like a dark face there. And it's its Ren's face, but it's dark as if it were cloaked, as if there's an invisible hood there. And you just see kind of the maniacal look in Ren's eyes. And then it, it zaps back to his regular face, just kind of standing there looking and then it zaps back again. And when Ren gets oh my God, that's scary. too tempted by evil stuff, or when it, or, or when he feels the power of Shar mode so so much, it's almost like this dark personification oh. of himself comes to, and it's almost like a mask that comes over his face, and it's now pretty easy to tell when he's. Uh, that was different. Yeah. <laughs> it was but, this uh, motion that kind of started giving yes. him away every time. He shifts back and forth with me. I'm going, and <laughs> should I have that? So then, after after a minute or two, after <laughs> not even a minute, but after Ren's just kind of standing there, just taking it all in and having just kind of this his face change subtly, um, he then kind of snaps out of it and looks around and 
Oh. It's only when he's not concentrating. It's not dark anymore. <clears throat> the changes don't necessarily all happen instantly at once. Does anyone react to seeing this in Ren first before anyone else? Don't have to. Yeah, just I think Croker laughs. You hear it. <laughs> Coming from Pinter. He's in his full Croker gear. And, uh, uh mind you, Pinter didn't have one of the splinters, the shivering splinters of the shard. Of the shard. Uh, and it said Hasten had had it. And as the, the shadows had gone over Hasten's hand, he was about to cut off his hand. And, uh, Pinter put his big gloved hand over you know his arm to protect him and so the shadows float over both of them and the shadows instead of flowing away have sunk into his armor and given it almost a uh, biological look um, beforehand you had kind of seen the, the demonic croaker and then seen beyond it to the just kind of mechanical uh, suit that he has and now it's almost impossible to see that mechanical suit Rather than just uh, metal scales, they look like real, living, glistening scales. The face, too, has become, uh, the, the basically faceplate mask has become much more um, alive-looking with expressions. And uh, there's an odor, too, like a bog that comes off of him. The armor as a whole has darkened, too, and kind of, kind of this glistening black, uh, almost looking skin. And you just see him kind of laughing at uh, Ren, which is... That's not right. Hmm. Brandis goes next. (laughs) (laughs) He says, what? uh, Yeah, you see this change coming over everyone slowly, then Pinter. And Brandis looks more concerned about Pinter as... I think he speaks for a fair amount of the group mentality, which is that when uh, Ren pops up with a, a new dark Whatever. habit, um, mannerism, it's not always like we don't we don't oh my God. gasp with surprise. Um, it's yeah, kind of like horns were a bit of shock. Yeah, after that, it's but it's like, like yeah, it's it's just continue, continuing trend. But he he kind of like continues to keep an eye on Ren. Is about to go on some rant about um, Ren leading us on a suicide mission, um, and uh, but is kind of concerned with Pinter becoming, uh, as we've always seen him, is kind of like almost meek-like because he's a the, just a guy in the suit kind of thing, and so so it's unlike Pinter to have that kind of reaction. He's a little uh, standoffish about it, um, but you don't see anything about Brandis himself that's different as. Brandis himself can contain no more power. I mean, he's... I mean, really. He's capped out. Um, he doesn't die. <clears throat> you do notice, in this particularly perfect lighting for him, um, that his shadow, the shadow of Brandis, which it's like the all that power kind of went into him, there wasn't extra space, so it kind of flowed into his shadow, which is the only, only thing about Brandis that couldn't kill a man. Now it might be able to. Um, and it's not that his shadow is moving differently, it's just that that kind of thing where you've got five people standing and their shadows are on their way, his is, it's, it's like it's at a different angle, the shadow is just stretched out a little bit more, so his shadow is just bigger. It's a little more, it's more hulking, a little more monstrous, and it has a, it has a weight to it. So when he walks around, it gets kind of dragged behind him a little bit, and small objects, you know, grass, things like that, get squished down. 
So like that. So much so that in, in extreme situations, you know, his, you know, he's right before he hits something like that. The shadow, you know, blasts out with it becomes. It's like opaque. It's not just like darker under him. It's actually like black where his shadow is, and it, uh, and it might, you know, squish and like crack some some soft earth or something like that. So Brannis himself continues dragging his shadow around, but now his shadow is something that must be dragged, not just. Not as insidious as either of these guys. What about the rest of them? <laughs> Hugh just looks incredibly handsome. Hugh! Hugh! Full beard. <laughs> <laughs> His facial hair is thicker and richer. <laughs> Finally! No. Um, no, Hugh, after the fight, he usually wears the bandana given to him a long time ago by Celdius because he hadn't really ever upgraded it um, with anything, but he's like fiddling at it, and it's like, there's something in my... Ah, there's like pressure or something in his eyes, and he pulls the thing off, and as he does so, just this kind of uh, not not smoke, almost like a thick, dark vapor, kind of similar to the shadows we've seen, just kind of starts just sort of flowing out of his eyes. Like, whereas before it was just sort of like this empty red wound, now it's just this sort of black vapor that's just sort of like kind of trailing off out. Don't know which is worse. If you put a, if you put that. something on like over it, will it contain it? Uh, if need be. Yeah. <laughs> like jars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or does it just go through whatever? It kind of goes goes through cloth. Yeah. You could maybe like pocket it with it, but it'd be like sort of like. We're gonna have a harder and harder time blending in anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, at this point, when you become yeah, super just a really big cigar all the time. <laughs> Or just not smoke it at all and just let people assume. Aurora. Yeah. Cool. Aurora has become a man. Aurora. Yes. Man, Aurora. As, as Aurora <laughs> observes. <laughs> she twirls her lustrous beard. No. Um, uh, actually, <laughs> you want uh, Aurora first or Hasten first? Oh. I hate, uh, no, Aurora first. Duh. Okay. Alright. Hasten always waits last and he's like hiding in the background. Um, Aurora's hair has kind of taken on a, a different state of matter. It's almost like really thick um, mist or fog, like really black fog, and it seems weightless almost. It, it's trailing behind her almost as if it were underwater a little bit. And her, her hair. Her hair. Her hair. So it kind of just, it floats a little bit behind her. It, it doesn't seem to be held down by gravity anymore, which is amazing. So much body. It is amazing. Is it just we like don't her head hair, like eyelashes head. and eyebrows? Luckily, like... no. It seems to just be her hair. Um, but but more more troublesome for her is um, her, the insignia that's kind of inlaid on her on her um, forearm, the mark of justice that she's had, has instead of the crystalline kind of white color, it's turned completely black and has seems to be leaking into her veins a little bit. You can see kind of the spider web of black kind of arcing out in every direction as if it's kind of seeping into her skin. It's it's gotten a bit, a bit messy in that way. And she seems to be in, in some degree of pain as she kind of flexes her fingers over and over again, almost as if trying to kind of work out a, an injury and doesn't even seem to be aware of her hair situation, and she just is staring at, at the sigil on her arm. 
Brandis, I correct, looks at, with concern at all of the party. Hasten. <laughs> yeah, Hasten's fine. Hasten just looks less shadowy. Less shadowy. It's cyclic. He is a shadow now. Hasten, who always had a pale look about him, and uh, who half the time you couldn't even see because he was hiding in the shadow. You see his entire his entire um, uh, countenance everything visual about him just darkens and becomes slightly translucent. As you look at him, you can see right through Hasten as if he is barely standing here still, as if he is a shadow come alive. I mean, you have fought evil shadow beings, and he resembles that more so than the half-undead revenant than, that, uh, that you've known him to be. And are you fine? He's just still a robot. I don't trust that robot. <laughs> Something changed now in that robot. He has a soul. <laughs> Actually, he gets the blue screen of death. He gets. <laughs> he gets Ren's. Croaker. Croaker's <laughs> laughing. Visage. As he, Vis- visage. As he looks at you. Was the word I was going for. And I uh, said, huh, "Fine group of heroes we are." So it was fun to kill one guy. Shall we go and kill another now? I don't know. Was one enough? Will that do it? There's one enough. Huh. Oh god. Just kind of hopping around. Frida had made it pretty clear to you, um, you need that not even the, the power of a, of a god would be enough. Uh, uh. It says, What is one god ever enough? Let us kill another. Let us kill them all. We can be gods of this place, eh? Huh? <laughs> walks, like walks up to Pinter. And slaps him in the face. Supernaturally <laughs> fast, the uh, pinter grabs her hand. And she you feel uses the, the momentum wetness. of his grabbing her to <laughs> throw him to the ground. He collapses and kind of rolls in actually a very organic way. And hops back up. And Aurora hops back up. Uh huh. And, and he laughs. <laughs> okay, folks. Ren says, "Pinter, take off your mask." Ugh, pinter does not. Hasten steps forward, becoming almost larger than he was as his shadowy visage uh, seems to be able to kind of shift in size. And he says, the power of shadow is not easy to control. Do not let it consume you. He still doesn't. Croaker, laughing, turns from you guys and says, let's get back to the city. Since I've got a hunger. And he just starts walking away. Ren looks at the rest of them and says, even if even if the Kroger hears him, Ren says, I kind of am digging this power <laughs> hunger here, but I don't think back in the city is the right place to harvest this kind of, or, you know, practice with this kind of energy. So, are we going to do something? Uh, is give me a breath. minute. And you just see her, she's just like holding her head and is like... Having a shadow migraine? Basically, yeah. I mean, these are completely polar opposite powers. Brandis takes a breath. Uh, as usually in this situation, he would go to Hugh and just be like, would you get a load of these guys? Like like some fucking like shadow frog man. Period. Yeah, that's And accurate. then, no, he takes a breath, like that's what he normally would say, and then takes one glance at <laughs> Hugh's... 
puts his bandana back over his billowing head. Billowing shadow. And it lessens considerably, but it's still yeah, it's fight. Yeah, it's fight. And Brandis, the great set is just goes... <laughs> <laughs> There's no one to talk to. Why don't you go talk to your shadow? It seems basically alive now. (laughs) Ren looks around and is like, (laughs) like, so nobody's going to do anything about Pinter? And... I mean, it's like a week's walk away. We've got to calm him down or something. I mean, like I said... Ren says, we tried that with you. Ren... Ren, uh... Ren, then, uh... Ren throws a, like, concussive bolt at Pinter, who is just walking away from him to try to just kind of knock him over. And as he does so, whether he hits or not, Ren throws it, and, um... She just kind of says, like... Noob isn't the right word. Just says like novice. Acolyte. Novices. Novices. Never know how to control their power. The 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 blast is going towards the back of uh, of the Croker, the Hulking Croker, and he doesn't move. But suddenly, ghosts flow from out of him and absorb the blast. And he turns. You better roll against me. Okay, let's do it. No God money. Arcana checks? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Ooh! Oh, sorry, no, no, the shadow power is just back to the Croker's abilities. So I got a 41. Because I got a 41 as well. <gasps> oh, take off! Roll off with bonuses or raw? No. With bonuses. Oh, it's oh, with bonuses. Oh, I rolled a 1. So oh, yes. So it just, like, still the wind <laughs> from it goes around him, and he knows how close that was. Stop! And he turns and laughs. Says, I've been waiting for you to take a shot at my back, Ren. Good. <laughs> and he just sits stuff. down on the nearest tombstone and crosses <laughs> his legs and just watches you guys. Like, basically? Ren is a big frog. So it's like, like a weird angle. Oh, like, like more like uh-huh. Indian style. Yeah. Hasten seem, he, he looks to each of you and kind of steps forward in front Mostly ignoring Ren, more stepping uh, towards Aurora and Hugh and Brandis, as he says, and maybe Pinter that is manifesting this uh, uh, the behavior change the most. But I know you all feel it. This is a, something that I have felt with and dealt with before. You must be aware of what it is doing to you. You must watch your friends. Aurora <laughs> just frowns heavily. She's she's just so tense right now like the like the discomfort is obvious radiating off of her uh that usual like fuzzy warm glow you get around being around aurora not present not present it's a little cold so cold actually cold is a really good way of describing it like like the skin kind of prickles you know and the hair stands up and it's just it's not quite the same warm fuzzies that we need the old Aurora. Where's the old Aurora? She's dead. She died when she got married. <laughs> like all good women. Um. <clears throat> no, yeah, I don't have anything. Ren, when Pinter says this to him, just 
kind of cocks one eye and just stands there and <clears throat> stares at Pinter. They kind of have a stare down for a minute. And uh, at which point then Ren just laughs and turns around and says, This guy, if he wants to be lord of the desert ruin, let him be, I say. I'm out of here. And turns and starts walking Peace. back. Ren, when they first summoned the croaker, was the first one. One of the, you and you were the first ones to see past in disguise. You because of his unnatural sight, and Ren because of his knowledge of devils and demons. Ren can't see past the illusion anymore. He just sees this demonic figure sitting there laughing, surrounded by ghosts. Uh-oh. Um, Hugh... Or is too distracted for another Hugh can definitely tell there's a change in him, but... For him to tell. At the same time, he knows himself pretty well, and... Uh... At the same... It, it's Yeah. He, he thinks he can handle it. As odd as that is. And so he goes to go... Knowing that he thinks he's okay for the moment, he goes to take a look at Pinter and just... Eyes him for a moment to see what the heck's going on. Eyes him. Nice. Turns towards him. <laughs> How you doing, Pinner? Prentice is going to go over as well, actually. And is with the same um, air as... Uh, yeah, kind of same stance, same approaches as Hugh. And he's just kind of like, hey. Hey, he says hi. Hey, buddy. Oh, you call me by a coward's name. So do I not wear the mask now? And he squishes his face with the big wet hands. Yeah, danger's past the moment. Why don't you go ahead and take that off? Get some fresh air. He, you see, uh, his hand kind of moves up, and he tries to fight it, and it reaches up and grabs the face. Again, it doesn't look like a mask anymore. It looks like a face. And with the wet, just... <laughs> takes it off, at which point, everything suddenly becomes armor again. And Pinter gasps. You see, he's sweating. He's pale. He inside doesn't look any changes, and he looks very scared. And he says... What in all the hells was that? Uh, you tell me. He says it was it like. It seems was... our dear friend has trouble holding his liquor. <laughs> he says it was like I was asleep looking out through the armor's eyes. He says I had no control of my actions. That's not encouraging. Great. Randis. remark from some ways away. And chuckles to himself and says, if he has hold, trouble holding his liquor, then Ren's a drunk. Arsenic? <laughs> More like an alcoholic. <laughs> a functioning alcoholic. A binge drinker. <laughs> yeah, Pinter looks down, and the mask has once again become kind of a, a metal, kind of gas mask-looking thing. Not at all. I don't think you should put that on anymore. Yeah, you may want to take a look at that before. Pinter nods. He says, I agree, I I worry that the shadow did not get past my armor and so it decided to you live have within it. Armor. Oh, kind of perks up at this though. Because armor can be. That means Ren could wear it. I mean, just because Pinter couldn't control it. Surely I could control Doesn't mean nobody could. Could Brandon get a double share, perhaps? Also, Brandis has a terrible insight, but I think we all can tell where yeah. Ren's going with this. Because he's doing process. this again, and the lightning's yeah. flashing. Yeah, back to I would imagine this would be where it's like. <laughs> the perfect moment. Anyway, 
Sorry. Pinter, I'm just like, thinking out loud. Francis down boy. The tombstone. And like looks at it like wondering why the hell he was sitting there. And uh, he says, oh. this is this is powerful thing, the shadow. He says, I... Are, are, How many are more we, of these are we going to have to do? Says, I don't know if it's a good idea to even go after another god. Or it just smooths her hair back, but it goes right back. Is it just like floating around and like... Uh, no, it's kind of that... Yeah, is it more like, like sort of like blowing in a breeze that isn't there kind yeah, of thing? Yeah, kind of a breeze situation. Like a herbal essence. Or like a herbal essence <laughs> commercial that's always happening. Damn oh, it. Are you okay? She ties it in a ponytail and the ponytail just kind of boots. <laughs> Uh, Pinder says, what, what is our plan? Now. He says, if one god could do this to us, what would happen if we attempt to capture another? Did Frida say Did how many? Did we need another? I yes. thought Frida, okay. Frida I, said... I thought we only needed one, and then... I mean, metagame for a second. I thought we only needed one, and then he was just saying she made it clear. Okay, made it clear. We needed like a lot. Three more or something. She, okay. she did say okay. or not uh, the the power of one god would not even be enough. Okay, it would um, be enough to power the city, which would be well. Good. Do Are we even kidding? know where what one? If we expend it, and then we'll need to do this again. We can't, we can't continue to do this to ourselves. We were incredibly fortunate that there was even one within walking distance from where we are. I mean, right. they mentioned another, just, and we I'm know of one besides the, that. The power level. This would be enough to power the city, but it is not enough to retire tethers. Indeed. Indeed. What was? What were the other gods? Well, we know Cyric, because from our last jaunt uh, here... Cyric's gone. Well, Damon killed him. No, we haven't well, confirmed Damon that. said that. Mentioned that there were two gods also that And there was the, also the one of... I forget his name. He's the one who sent the angels at us in... Labalus and Arath. Labalus and Arath. Supposedly he's around somewhere here, too. He deserves getting... And the then city. there's the old crazy man. Yes. We used to get got. This, yeah, the old guy. The clerics of the city said that um, Lob- they know that Lobelus Unrath is alive and in this world, uh, but they were less sure about his um, whereabouts. Whereabouts, as they were, this Shar was their best lead as far as yeah, their. Shar power. was not really inconspicuous. Perhaps we should get so back to the city. So I'm gonna draw a line through Shar's yeah. name. As you are discussing this, you notice along the edges of where there was once shadow the organic aberrant landscape has started to creep in over the land encroach towards filling up the uh, the ruins of the city and for the first time uh for the first time since you've been here you can see the rate at which this uh the aberrant world takes over what was once there and it is alarmingly fast you know that the city's shield is the only thing holding it back there and what you see here shows that if that shield were to drop it would be minutes before that entire landscape is taken over as you see that it was only Shar's you know shadow um, substantial power substantial shadow power here that was holding it back from taking over her territory that means that we could possibly find other gods by finding places where there is a lack of aberrant energy perhaps good point if they cover a big geographical area otherwise it would be a needle in a haystack but maybe I mean and what um, I love how he was just the realist. If uh, or is it retarded, eternal optimist? unless it's not retarded. If we um, and did you retarded. talk about the other gods that you knew existed? Cyrus, the Amunitar. crazy old man who we had talked about. Amunatar. Amunatar, the one who's yes. guarding the angel that was had he's the angel the, guarding him. He's the him. Lord of the Eternal Sun, or something. Yes, yeah, he's particularly bone in this place. <laughs> right, crazy man. Okay. Um, yeah. Yes, he is the reason the sun wanders. Brandis uh, says. 
So we might be able to find others, that's good. But the original question might be worth bringing up. Um, the we seem question. to collectively... No, no blame. Uh, just a little bit of blame. Um, collectively having trouble handling the god power from just one. Uh, we just got to make it... Defeat a god of good things. Uh, okay, defeat, defeat a good god. I haven't seen any of us have a problem what? yet. <laughs> so, Tim. I just, have, I just have a headache. I feel A changed. massive headache. That's my only problem. I feel different. As a group, um, <clears throat> any more dark energy into our short-statured friend here, and I think he might Explode? implode and vegetalize all children. So... <laughs> Um, we should... Put a cork in him? We I should... resemble that remark. <laughs> you certainly do. Well said, friend. Um, well um, and we'd be fools to not acknowledge your... You got something going on what? there. You seem irritable. You seem irritable. You'd be irritable, <laughs> too. I know, the hair, exactly. If her hair gets any frizzier... Bahamut will no longer hear her cries. You won't be able to hear her. <laughs> this is the crown. You won't be the queen of the Shining Lands anymore. I won't be queen. I won't be queen of anything. You're like, oh, I need to activate hair. my crown. It's a fabulous Where is hair. it? It's in there somewhere. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> it might be worth researching if there's any better way to if contain this power. Not this one we have, but if the next one. I mean. In the short term, I think going back to the city might not be a bad idea. We don't have a direct place to go. Can we, I mean... But Pinter says, unfortunately, Magnus, there is no other way to contain these gods. Nothing is powerful enough. The idea of even doing this in the first place would be a laughable suggestion. I laughed quite a bit. Uh, Hasten says that. It would be laughable to even conceive of containing the gods, the fact that these accursed shards are capable of it is a testament to their evil. These accursed shards are the only reason we even have a chance. We have to do what we have to do. Well, yeah. then we Mason to do... doesn't say anything, but you know that what he's thinking is back to what he's been saying all along since he got here, which, which is yeah. to abandon the foolish quest of trying to get back. I know what you're thinking, and we're not going to abandon this quest. He says, I'm here, aren't I? If we defeat the god of owls, well, thank you. we each become a little more owl-like. <gasps> can, we, can we defeat the god of sexiness? Pinter <laughs> grows a beak. No, if Aurora gets any sexier, <laughs> she will implode. If we defeat Dark World Brandis, will Brandis become more Brandis? <laughs> he will become mortal. He'll become mortal! He'll cancel himself out. And then I can have children. <laughs> Why not we? But you have a son, What a place to... <laughs> Is it canon that Brandis can't have children? It's not been, or is that, that just a... Ans- that question has not been answered. He it has been a suggestion. That. It's certainly been suggested. It's the only I think it's probably been asked at least by dozen, Pinter and you. I think Brandis has probably rat. used that line on women. I can't have children anyway, baby. You know, it's the only reason that I think he he's He used that line before he found anyone. that he was undying. <laughs> Without worrying that they're not a child You just Probably not. Oh, God. Think about it. Like, some ancestor of his, he probably, like, you know... Like, oh, it's your great-great-great-great-great-granddaughter. Oops. 
Retarded Immortal. Retarded <laughs> Immortals everywhere. That's a picture of an old Brandis on her wall. Just like, <laughs> <laughs> whoops, whoops. Whoops. Okay. Before we well, do anything, I need to know your entire family history. Go. It's your pedigree. Regardless of what we do, or who? we're not going straight after the god another god. Back to town. Why don't we go back to town, see how they're doing. City. The city. Let's go back to the, the city. city. See how so they're doing. About. Uh, Frida can tell us what a terrible idea this is. Have a little break. Everybody can cool off. Yeah. Cool off. Go from there. Cool off. You think the town's big enough that they have prostitutes? I'm sure there's only one way to find out. <laughs> You're amazing. One. You don't even have to pay. Women She's just called the prostitute. The She's prostitute. Rance says, well, with your little situation going on there, you might have to break that wallet open a little more. Do you guys remember that Ren does have a 10-year-old kid? Um, no, his kid is, like, older than that. He'd be 10 years old now. Yeah. Ren Oh my god, right. I know, right? Have he has children? He's never said anything about going back the, to them. The Shadar Kai are hyper fertile. They always have twins. Uh, oh, yeah. I forgot. Ren forgets about that. <laughs> yeah. Those kids. Clearly. Two or more. Clearly. Hold on. I'm going to roll a die, and this will decide how many Those are Ren's kids in genes only. Four. four. You have fucking four children. She was incredibly Yeah. Adorable. She had uh, a child. It was worth it. She shared that after she left. It was you worth it. No, wait, didn't Goodness. you do two? There were twins. You took twins, right? No, but someone else. Well, whatever. Let's <laughs> keep going. <laughs> Goodness. Pinterest looking at you guys, I, trying to piece together what you're saying. Team. It was me Just. and, uh... Daemon. Daemon? Was Daemon the other one? Daemon was definitely the other one who was going on in that. Oh, oh is this the Ushehi? Who partook. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. also partook, but... It's Ushehi custom. We, yeah. When, they're, when great warriors exactly. come to this town, they want to keep this way. their we gene don't pool. Know. But if she had a kid, he was the most badass, like, Shadar Kai there. Kid. If she didn't, she was probably outcasted because she wasn't a strong enough woman to bear the child, child of a man so manly. Yeah, actually, that's exactly that's what That's exactly how the Shadar Kai culture goes. So, well, I mean, we don't know which then one was. She went on to change her name to Pazuzu. They also have no attachment to the father of the children after the fact. As we've it's seen. Just to, it's just to birth more Hasten. Shadar Kai. issues. <laughs> which one? What? It's like uh, you're not even here, Father. Uh, I have to kill my father. <laughs> what a baby. Pinterest uh, did kill his father. It's a little shaky. Oh, so uh, I, I appreciate hearing tales about your past conquests. I know, like, the aberrant stuff is, like, crawling. <laughs> <to> <laughs> say, it was awesome. We have to save the world. I did a check. <laughs> I, I had a girlfriend once. <laughs> she was fertile. Uh, <laughs> Shall we get back to the city? Yeah, I agree. Let's let's uh, reconvene. I could actually use a bit of patching up. Hugh, he's got some wounds and such. Um, almost even a shoe. Almost giant open wounds. Like there's a little bit of something coming off. Ew! It's, it's not gross. No. Um. Yeah. So. Maybe someone's a little less active Let's as he's back. noticing the tendrils creeping over everything, and Love there's it. almost like one big-looking one coming over the horizon. We're heading back. Elephant mode, activate. But mechanically, you can use me. Oh, okay. Red fur dire wolf. Let me see. If oh. I choose you. Did not 
track how many scavengers there is. So you guys do have a scroll, right? Which can take you straight oh, back yeah. to the city. Oh, yeah. But that was also, I mean, you don't have to use it now. We're only two days away. We could end up going much further than that. The next one. Yeah, was it, it was only two days? Yeah. Let's hoard our scroll. I'm just reminding you that you have it in case you're forgetting. Brandis. Huh? Brandis leads the party at a forced march pace. It takes a day and a half. No resting. That's not for right. migrainey. Not for. Uh, excuse me? Not for smoky eyes. I'll get a better nickname for you later. Ren's getting pretty good at sleeping in the saddle, so he just. <clears throat> Sleeps in the south. Sleeps in the south. I'm very proud of your ability to be It was lazy. a two-day trip, is that right? I thought it was a week. Brandis, he, if, if he ever gets tired, he just kind of ties off his ostrich on Brandis' wolf. Are you sure it wasn't a week? I thought it was, I thought it was a week. No, it was like two, three two, days. Two, three days? Okay. Some of them didn't even sleep through it. During this three-day of travel, headed back to the city. The wind crystal Do... Uh, do you guys talk a lot during this, or is there a lot of uh, silent Aurora travel? Broods. Aurora broods. Oh, she's brooding worse than ever. I want a once. I want a once around the table of like what? An angry wife. What is going unsaid in your characters' minds? What is uh, as as you're traveling during the three days? Even if there is plenty of talking, nobody can talk for three days. <laughs> well, Aurora probably could. Yeah, personal challenge. Um, as- I think she's brooding. So Ren first. As Ren sits on his ostrich, he uh, he looks around at the world around him and um, ponders the aberrant energy. And at, when he falls asleep, the his dreams are filled with um, scenes of gore and bloodlust and power. Uh, as he then awakens. And you can kind of see some of that shadowy uh, Chewing on your visage on his face when he uh, awakens. Then it, it kind of quickly shakes off. But then, you know, so he's... It, it, and then he's got the rod, which is just... It's constantly on his mind, and he just... He's... <coughs> he's, he's always considering what... Um, how, I mean, he's not given up the idea of somehow there must be a way to harness all of this energy. When he saw how fast it moved in, I mean, that only fed the flames because he knows of its power now and how quickly it can um, overtake that which can be corrupted. And surely there must be some way to harness this. So he is, I mean, when he's not just sitting there BSing with the rest of the group. Um, even when he is, it, that's still kind of on the back of his mind, or in the back of his mind, Rod, Rod. as he um, thinks about that for two days. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of pondering. Uh, Hugh has always had a little bit of a dark side. Um, yeah. and But he's managed to learn to control it, just to not not give in to, to rage or emotions and think about actions before you go through them. And so while he can sense that his dark side has perhaps gotten a little bit darker, it's still manageable in the same way that the old one was for all intents and purposes. And he also notices that um, as the journey goes along and he hears his companions talking, he can read 
closer into their facial expressions, their uh, the way they move their hands when they're speaking, um, ticks, twitches, almost you know, sweat anything. He finds he can find a little bit more detail into them, into what they're thinking, what's going on in their heads. He's not sure if the power is related to this or something's finally just clicked over, but uh, it's a new thing. Mechanically, it took skill training and insight, so it's now actually his second highest skill. Oh, nice! At 32. Wow. Right. So is that a oh, so that's a part nice. even a flavor part of this new Hugh, power? I like yeah. it a little bit. He sees Hugh knows you can see a little bit. He sees intention. Brandis uh, well, it's more. It's still mechanical. It's more he like sees. he's really good at reading people now. Yeah, like ticks and stuff. It's more like he was able just kind of to put it together. All the pieces were there before. Maybe it's just part of what the vision was capable of before that he hadn't been using. Because the guy was a like seer Photoshop. before. It's true. Pinter has taken apart half his armor while he's riding on the back of giant oh, yes. Gantor. He just holds things for you. For you. <laughs> and uh, he's taken apart half his armor. He's, he's like analyzing every little bolt and valve and trying to figure out what happened to his armor. But he can't what? seem to find anything mechanical that is wrong with it. You should let someone else wear it. Has he ever let anyone else wear it? He doesn't because it really is stinky inside. But uh, he he invites you, says, does anybody want to try? And he holds out the mask. Don't offer it to Ren. Hugh would not immediately attempt to put on the mask first. Maybe a glove or something. That seems harmless. Like, put this on your face. (laughs) Put this on your face. A horrible (laughs) demon mask. When Hitler offers this, Ren's eyes go wide. And he, he wakes wait, up in the is saddle. This a joke? And he offers. Yes, he does. He, he snaps <laughs> out of whatever little mental thing <laughs> and, and <laughs> looks and says, "I'll take it for a spin." Brandon says, does "No." His face flash. Brandon says, "No." <laughs> no. The no. question is, how much no. does his face? His face doesn't flash, but he looks at it and he says, "I'd take it for a spin." Brandon says, "No, we were with you when you signed a pact with a devil lord. I'm not getting roped into another one of your." This would be a good idea to do something evil. It looked like it was controlling... That mask looked like it was controlling Pinter and turning him into the demon yeah. that was the croaker. It was controlling Pinter. Yes. And I think he has more willpower than you do. He doesn't. It's out in the open. He doesn't. Okay. Who has Open a box of... Yeah, who has iron chocolates? I'm just curious. Uh, I got 38. You probably did. 50. Yeah. Really? Wait. Will? Defense? 45, 50 with bonus of Oh, when you're far away? When I'm five away. Nice. But you're 45 five away. But 45 from the yeah, that one. Yeah, you got higher than I do. Uh, someone open up a box of mixed chocolates. We'll see who resists them. <laughs> I would. Brennis immediately eats eight. <laughs> well, the Yorkerman patties, and he eats them with a foil on. Carpe uh, diem, bitches. At the same time, Pinter is thinking and doing little calculations in his book and writing out plans, he was impressed with the fact that they were able to talk this god into surrendering her power. And yeah, wonders, you did not see that one coming. Wonders if he could get another god, he's not talking about this, to willingly power the shield of the town. Interesting. And he's thinking about how he could do this. How long did he thinks it would tra- take to train people in the town to be a team of god 
conquerors. God, God. Coming up with all these little plans. But then you guys come over and see what he's doing. He quickly turns to uh, another page. It's interesting. I remember you get one like willingly just like be an ally. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's starting to come up with more plans about how to save the city. And maybe not like die, but like just go live in the city. Power their shield. You can be friendly there. Exactly. He's, he's coming up with plans. So that's what he's doing. I'm trying to figure it out. Uh, does anyone want to wear one of the gloves or the masks or anything? Butters, no. You're not Bernice says, Pinter, don't do anything stupid. <laughs> Brandon, don't give any of that armor to Ren. Brandis! Hugh offers to try on one of the gloves, but it's too small. <laughs> Pinter is a, not a big guy, right? No, but they are big gloves. That's just your fingers don't fit into like little dollars. Yeah, there's stuff. like, it's a big glove on the outside, yeah. but on the inside, it, it's, it's little, for you. A little bit of space. <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Does Pinter let Ren try on the mask? Pinter. That's what it's going to boil down to. Kind of wants. He almost wants. He almost looks like he's wants the mask to go to someone else. So yeah, he he offers it despite Br- his best judgments. Brandis. Um, Brandis is going to ride over. Oh, we'll <laughs> ride over. Not not taking his sword out. <laughs> go ahead, Ren. Oh, I'm just ready. Um. <clears throat> And is saying, once we're back in the light world, and we are in our own spaces, and we're not relying on each other to get back to the light world, you can do whatever you want. But until then, we are not experimenting with dark power that has controlled one person on someone who has exhibited an inability to control themselves. <laughs> Did you already give the mask to me and I'm holding it? He was starting to reach out with Brandis saying this. He, his hand kind of shaking a little bit. He puts it away a little bit of shame. Oh, that's interesting. Has has Red ever shown an, an indication that he was he summoned a closet? Controlled? Yes. Okay. I'm when sorry. Was I, yeah. I'm sorry. Uh, inability tempted. Control. Inability. Swayed. To controlled. Yes. Yes. Tempted and swayed, and this time by the mask. <laughs> so control or poor choices. They're it's like I chose this. to walk in front of that bus. I chose. Well. Okay. Yuzu is not exactly the run of the mill as far as demons go. And he kind of does the whole, you know, temptation sway thing. Demons mostly just kind of like a you know, throw you over a barrel and have you their way with you as far as that goes. As far as like trying to, you know, convince you to do something. Certainly. Brandis sees uh, all the uh, choices from Ren as a um, crime of passion. Um, interesting. Come on, not in the middle of doing flavor. You see this, this look that I'm giving you right now as you're saying this? This look of irritation that your character is saying. This this is the look that Ren is giving Brandis at the same time. And Brandis is saying, grow up and stop trying to delve deeper into an evil life Could that will destroy us all. Could you shut up? Aurora, This coming from the guy who is so self-absorbed about being immortal that he cannot get enough of his power and spreading the word of the great Brandis to everyone. <laughs> As the group ignores that Aurora, does she... so incredibly hypocritical to me. <clears throat> the legend of Brandis does not lobotomize children or sign his soul over yeah. to devils and demons. How do you know? Because I haven't done it, and I remember you everything. Ha- yeah, <laughs> I don't remember it. I must not have done it. Pinter looks at the mask and goes, You're tearing this family apart. I wish that power oh. had made me deaf. Ren looks at the power... Oh, or no, L- Ren looks at the mask and says, I don't need this I stupid argue. mask anyways. <laughs> I mean, if you could turn it on, and good. On, maybe it's a, it's a trinket. It's a bauble. 
Good. Then you should care a little if you never see it again. I don't. Good. <laughs> Pinter put it away. It's back to town. Uh, you know, as far as a second opinion, as far as uh, just another arcanist looking at the thing, I would say uh, uh, really hurt. What does Aurora think, though? Has a difficult time because there's a lot of arguing occurring for at least the first day, maybe even the second day. Uh, though little sleep that she does get is chucked full of nightmares. Like, the really realistic kind that have you just being horrible in them. And she has really vivid dreams of having to kill each of you. I've had that one. For various slights. Like, just just things that you've done wrong and she's completely overreacting and murders all of you in her dreams. And she wakes up and her arm is burning the stinging sensation is just uh, horrifying because she, she wakes up screaming in pain. And her, her gut reaction, she grasps her, her arm and the divine light in her other hand kind of flows into it almost instinctually. She's not even thinking about it. It's just something she always does when she has a problem. You know, she's, she's always laying on hands or whatever. And for, you know, suddenly that energy flows into it and the shadow abates a little bit. It, it backs off a little bit and the numbness, the cold kind of growing in her hand subsides a little bit. She realizes very quickly that it's because of the divine light that she's actually managed to infuse back into her own sigil, but it's temporary. It's not going to, to purge it forever. That's going to come back and she has no idea how soon. And so when she does that, you can you can see her almost, her countenance kind of lightens a bit, and she suddenly is like breathing as if someone who's just caught their breath. And she looks around and is just, you know, it's like maybe morning on the second day, and she just is suddenly very quiet and, and thoughtful, but not quite as brooding as she was before. Hmm. But her hair continues to flow. Still. Hair unaffected. He notices the difference. He does. But does he say anything? No. Of course not. Of course not. <coughs> and for once, Aurora is glad of it. Hugh sees everything. Everyone's going through some weird shit right now. It's like going through puberty. Yeah. That's that's no one understands me! Yeah, try going into puberty in the rift. <laughs> the rift doesn't understand me! You can just a rough place. The underdark, rough place to go through puberty. I don't know what changes I'm going through because I can't see myself. It's so dark. It's so dark. Is that hair or am I developing a mold? <laughs> and at the end of the second day, going only by your magical means of uh, tracking the hours for all natural means are completely useless in this world, do you arrive again at the huge shield that is the city. Um, the place is knock, knock, knock. Nice to have around. What's the symbol to like get in? Is there a hand gesture or something? Well, you there are people dark. watching. You know well, that we, we, we wave and go. Ignore my hair, Hello. his eyes, that guy's face. You have his to shadow and that guy's well, his face isn't out all the time. Is it, so what do you actually Thank say? God. Stay in character for a moment. Um, Aurora is uh, is inwardly hoping they ignore those things and waves 
in a in a kindly manner. As if to us. say, we are friendly, remember us? We're back. Let us in, please. As you head over to the uh, kind of the, the doorway that was fashioned before the sort of airlock style of um, double doors with the aberrant detecting dogs. The wolves? You have to go through yeah, the wolves. You have to go through the same process as they said you would have to. And then had apologized for. And one by one, as you move through the detection system, you find that the wolves pretty much react exactly as they did the previous time, and you are all able to get through. It takes quite some time. It's like overall like a good 45-minute process, because like they have the wolves there for like five minutes per person, and it takes a bit of time to get you in. It's just kind of an annoying, tiring thing. But you eventually end up inside... And the mayor of the city's son, named... Karis. 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 is there to greet you each as you come in. And uh, who's the first to go through? I'll go through first. Ren. Yeah, he took the longest last time. Ren goes through first. So it's Karis that asks Ren as soon as he gets inside. Oh, God, he says, so, how did it go? Ah, uh, Ren. <laughs> It was great. We're oozing with god power. The other no, he's, he's kind of saying it. He's, he's, he's sort of asking. Sort of asking quietly, as not everyone in the city, in fact, most in the city, are, have not been made aware of exactly what is going on. But you do see. Uh, I was right. Didn't he want to come with us? You do see concern amongst many of the citizens. As your uh, as Ren comes in, there are, there are kind of many onlookers. You see little bits of crowd. We're the most um, amazing thing that's ever happened to them. Think about it. But they probably but, don't like exciting things. <laughs> You're probably that is definitely something that you have come to know about the city. As much as the citizens, they they want the status quo to be maintained forever because the status quo is they not are not dead. dying. They're not. Uh, where the the status quo of the rest of this entire world is not being alive. Uh, the status quo of Thunderstrike is people dying around us all the time. <laughs> and so that has been a constant feeling you've gotten as you walk around the city, and it is a feeling that uh, that Ren feels even more so when he comes in. He sees these little bits of crowd kind of looking on from a distance to kind of see what is going on. You've arrived. Anytime anyone comes arrives at the city, there's a bit of a tension. There's that fear that what if the wolves don't detect? What if, you know? What if their detection system is wrong? They, it, it, all, it all clearly. There was a guy who was who was wielding the high the, the high priest was um, was wielding the aberrant energy. So, and uh, in those days afterwards, you heard the whisperings and the and the fear that clearly the leadership isn't capable of keeping that. It was that all up. Our, our, our fault because we. So Ren can see all this coming around. So so when Karis asks, he asks very quietly. He says, "So were you successful?" Uh, <clears throat> Ren says to him. We can discuss in more private quarters <laughs> the nature of our it's been the nature of our uh, success or lack <laughs> Our adventure, our quest. But know this: we were able to make very interesting observations, and we learned some very. Useful, useful things. things. But for now, I'm going to my room. Of the <laughs> but I'm he says, 
No doubt you have earned the rest. Who says, I will, uh, I will come and catch up with you in the morning. Because it is, you know, it is, it is the established resting time. Oh, that's right, because it's not resting the, time. They have, they have bells that ring to indicate, you know, what time has passed time. to keep people healthy. Cause they have hourglasses, what, things like that. They have methods of keeping time. Yeah, they just... Has to man it. They, like they have to, and they have to indicate, like, the okay, it's the time when you would normally go to sleep now, you know. You were probably but to the people in the city, that's not unusual. It's, yeah, you sleep at the three bells, and you wake at the single bell, and you eat mid-deal, midday meal at, the, at two bells. They know? shorten it to say mid-deal. <laughs> mid-deal. Mid-deal. Yeah, Pinscher walks in, oh, I'm starving for some mid-deal. <laughs> and the time doesn't time really lover. match up with an exact day, and it's definitely not the right time. It's probably not a twenty-four hour period. It's just we had some method of keeping time. All right, here is a unit of time. We're going to say twenty of these. Yeah, it's probably what the uh, the healers of the city have found works decently well for the Maybe they do for the physical like healthiness of of people, yeah, you know. I mean, that's all that really matters, right? To get enough sleep versus how many hours of work, and they've figured that out. And if he gets too excited, time speeds up. Ticks with an abacus. One minute has passed. Did you say Pinter had gone through? Yeah. Alright. The usual thing. He's got a lot of smells on him, so the dog's probably for a little bit, but not in a way that indicates a mind player, just in a way that indicates that this thing is full of smells. So he gets frisked a lot. Eventually makes its way through. I'm a little less nervous than last time. A little less. Okay. Getting used to it. Full of smells. By the time you leave this place, he'll be totally. Okay. He'll like the process. Nibbling on him. Dodge. I mean, these are are these dire wolves or regular wolves? It doesn't make much of a difference, but I'm just curious. They're probably smelly too. Do any of you say anything more significant to Karis? Oh, if he asked. Yeah, he, he asked. We were... You see that Ren's already gone by the time... Yeah, he says we were successful, Karis. No, thanks. Charis, no longer. He says, that is good to hear. He says, I will want to hear more after you've had some time to rest. He says, I'll want to tell you more. I, I, don't even wait for me to rest. Let's go have a coffee. Pinter is ready to talk and think about this. He says, I have some plans for the city. He says, absolutely. Stay here. I must oversee the rest of your friends coming through, and then we can discuss. He says, I will wake my father. He will certainly want to yes. uh, want to speak to you as well. Medic Prime. Would you like to wear yes. my mask? Medic Prime. <laughs> Got a cool souvenir. All right. Let's see everything so as everyone else comes through, unless, uh, unless there's anything... Does anyone... Intentionally trips yeah, yeah, alarms. Yeah. <laughs> I don't go through. I'm a mind flayer. <laughs> That's like saying bomb in an airport. I've been taken over. <laughs> you say I've been taken over by a mind flayer. I feel so thrallish. So as you come through, you see Pinter waiting there with Karis. Ren is gone. Karis uh, lets you know. Uh, Ren has gone. Uh, to your quarters to uh, to sleep for the night. I invite any of you to do so. Pinto would like to discuss recent matters uh, now. He says, but I did not want to pressure you. You no doubt need your sleep. He says, I know how uh, exhausting the world out there can be. He says, oh, do not forget to get your rest. You, and you also know that people getting rest is something that is actually, they almost... Special. 
they almost have people that are in charge of making sure people do rest. You know, sometimes it'll be weeks and weeks with light, country. with the sun out, and they um, they have to make sure that people do get rest because they could they could drive themselves mad if they uh, don't sleep. If they don't sleep. Well, yeah, and you can't sleep outside the wall. Um, it's not possible. Yeah. Well, we can, but we can't get extended sleep. No. Uh, I would feel more comfortable discussing this in the morning, after we've had a time to moment to discuss this. I'm certainly not in a rush to go to sleep, but I do recognize the well, at least a moment physical requirement of sleep. Regroup. I will see you in the morning. And she slams the door on her speed. It's not like an angry slam, it's just like she is not thinking about the amount of force she's exerting, and she just slams it. On the door, there's a myth that it's the world's best grandma. <laughs> she doesn't even notice it. <laughs> Falls off onto the ground. But no, that was more for Pinter. I mean, he was like, I, I feel we should discuss this amongst ourselves before we discuss what uh, those things. He says, I, I won't. If, you, if you wish for me to uh, wait, I won't uh, tell them about what we did up there. I, I have other things I, I yeah. want to discuss with them about designs in the yeah. city. Just no, eat the best no. That's fine. And you can tell he's literally taking your advice and he won't talk about that stuff. Okay. Alright. Honest. So everyone heads to uh, to get some sleep for the yeah. night. The quarters are there waiting for you, as always. Frida, of course, is in the room when you arrive. She stands up from her desk, unlike Frida's normal behavior. Obsidian. As soon as... Uh, as soon as actually Ren comes to the door, assuming he does actually go home. Yeah. It's when Ren Ren comes again. alone first, and Frida is there in the main room. Books spread out all over the place. They have spilled onto the floor. She has like a big, huge piece of thick parchment laid out with like massive sketches on it. And uh, and when Ren opens the door, she stands up and says, "You returned." That's really obvious. No, we're not here. Ren kind of nods and says, "Yeah." She says, happen. "How did it? What is? What has happened?" Would you like to use a drink, Rita? She says, "You were successful," and then she kind of takes a step back. Ren says, "What's the problem?" She says, "I did not anticipate this." Wow. Did not anticipate so us taking out Shar. For we were. We're she furls her eyebrows a bit and says, Ren, don't lie to me. I'm not lying to you at all. We took out Shar. We charged up the shards. Not sure what we're going to do now, but... She says, I've traveled with you enough to know that you, uh, that you can feel this, uh, that you can feel this power that I am feeling from across the room. And she even takes a step back. She takes a step back in fear. And Ren kind of cracks his neck and says, It's just a little side effect. It's nothing. She says, This is not a little. Ren says, It is not to be worried about. It's not little anymore. (laughs) Frida is clearly concerned about the, um, about this change that has, uh, she's only seen, she's only seen the, you know, Ren so far. But she, is t- she takes a step back in fear 
as Ren tries to, what, deny that it was there smart. at first? or, or No, no, he, he eventually he said. Even, he doesn't, or is well, he not acknowledging he, did, he didn't know what she was talking about at first, or at least that's what he conveyed. She says, this was one of the possibilities that I had calculated, but it was, it was not a, um, not a high chance. She said, I, I really thought with Pinter's research that it would be, that it would be the shards that would absorb it. Not, Pinter. not you. She says, they are more bound to you than I had realized. He says, I will not do any more research on them. Ren looks at her and says, but why? He says, don't you sense it? She says, the, the power to, or the ability to control what is now a part of you, it is not something that anybody could do. It is not something that I would expect myself to be able to do. Ren kind of, kind of... She says, did everyone make it back? How are the others? Ren kind of uh, cocks his head and says, He's gonna eat her. And says, this power is what will get us out of this place. Perhaps it is not wise for you to... Uh, to talk about it with such disdain. Frida, always one, two. Except for one thing. Pretty much bows to what Ren says. <laughs> Follows suit in her usual behavior. She says, you're right, you're right. I'm sorry. I, it was just unexpected is all. She says, I should not doubt all of your ability to be able to handle this responsibility. She says, I'm only saying that I would not be strong enough. Ren concedes to that point, doesn't say anything, but also doesn't refute the fact, and um, instead turns and says, yes, we've all made it back. They're all coming in behind me. How have things been here in town since we've been gone? She says, good, good, and then she like, starts looking at her papers, and they're like, some of them are just stacked, and she starts digging through, and she says, I'm going to have to start over on some of these. i got to go back. My very assumptions about where this would be coming from, and she like starts knocking papers over, and you see her just like balling up some of her like huge pages of calculations as she just throws them in the corner, where you see there's a large stack of uh, torn up parchment there already. Which you also know, having spent some time here in the city, that if the people of the city saw her wanton waste of extremely Deeper. valuable uh, paper, well, that's that, that's not going to get thrown away, or even like it just basically just someone like cleans off each sheet. Yeah, well. She, only if they find it because she has she had no reason to paper. put it in the recycling bin. Um, and evidence. so she says she says I'm gonna have to start I'm gonna all right. Well, I wasn't planning on getting any it's sleep tonight there. anyway. And starts like grabbing these things. Says, but it's been okay. I've been here. No one has come. Ren stops her and says, "How does he stop her?" Uh, he just oh, come on and just stops her and says, "You've been working hard, and for now, we take a break." Let us go eat. Her, she actually perks up a little bit and says, Oh, I don't think I've eaten since you left. <laughs> Ren says... I'm dying. Ren says... <laughs> Ren says, Well, then let us go to the to the tavern. I don't want to eat our food here in the... in the... in the room that we have with all the crap that's in here. Let's go it's get something. It's too messy to eat in here. She said, uh, she kind of smiles at this as she looks around and sees that it is only Ren here that is inviting her out to the tavern. And she says, okay, that, that would be nice. I should change. And then she runs into her room. Ren kind of looks She's like... going to turn. What are you changing? She's going to... She's turned into a werewolf. 
<laughs> she waits nonetheless, and when she's done, I can eat more. They make their way to the tavern. It takes not two minutes for her to get ready, and she she's wearing goggles. She's clearly like she has fastidiousness ritualed herself up. She's wearing nice, clean clothing. She's uh, not a dress, not really Frida's style, but pants and a frock, more formal than usual. And she comes out just beaming, happy. Did she do her hair? She did her hair. <gasps> Is it up or down? Down. And her hair is normally always up because she's doing all her paper. Interesting. What does your inside tell us about that? What are the rest of you guys doing? Have you guys gotten back? Ura walks in, sees Frida in a dress, or not a dress, but like fancy, and like looks around, and the eyebrow shoots up. But she is headache. So are they on their way out when you're walking towards Oh yeah, she, the... wa- she walks in, she sees them, she's like... Wait, so she gets inside the house before yeah, they Yeah, inside, but it, it's obvious they're they're on their way out. It's like they're they're grabbing their coats. She just... Eyebrow shoots up. And you know, you know she wants to say something, but just as she's about to, like... She grabs the hurt, her forehead and just goes... Ugh! And then slams the door, as was previously mentioned. Happiness makes me angry! So Ren, angry, the happiness of others! Ren sees the smile on Frida's face just drop when she sees Aurora do this. And she says, it does seem to be taking a toll on some of them. Ren says, ah, let her take a nap, she'll be fine. She says, as you say. Hugh um, walks up to Brandis. He waited until the last of the group was through. And Hayson as well. Yeah, are we, uh... Yeah, well, what, you... Are we, are we all just going to the... Bla- I was the, just going back, but, I mean, yeah, food sounds back. good. Okay. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll walk together? You Did you have something to... No, there no, is, just, just, I mean, unless you oh, had something okay. to eat. Oh, no, I just, He was gonna wait, he was, like... Ren got through and took off. I mean, Hinter went through and, like, ran off to go chat with the city leaders... And Hugh waited until the last person got through in case they decided to want, you know, eat. Brandis is just almost a little bit surprised at the courtesy of that. He's just like, we're all just like crazy adventurers. He's like, no, I waited for you to get through. Oh, th- I, I thought there's nothing important. <laughs> well, no, I, mean, I thought it'd be nice. Oh, well, okay, I'm sorry. In I, case they I, decided I, to imprison someone, I, or I you didn't mean to be surprised by mind flares. I didn't mean to be surprised that you were so polite. He's not That's being so nice. Polite. I really he's appreciate that. I don't know. I appreciate that. He's hiding his affection by. I just thought it would, be, sa- cold, it would, be, it would be safer if I waited for you. Yeah, it's not like I like you or anything. Gosh. Gosh. Nothing, this is more his time. Um, <clears throat> Brandis says, ah, Mr. Weaver, glad you waited. Hasten. Hasten appears. Um, <clears throat> Hasten finishes coming through. And Brandis says, I think we should take our stealthy buddy's words to heart as, and I'm sure Hazen just kind of like nods, that um, <clears throat> he doesn't say much, but when he does, he's often right. We need to watch our friends and ourselves very carefully. Um, Brady says, I don't have a problem with that. But if the power of absorbing Char <clears throat> made Pinter, who seem to have a pretty good grasp on his own choices <clears throat> gave him a problem um, my fear is the power which hasn't 
manifested itself as strongly in the rest of us if it's more if it's deeper than the surface level that it was on Pinter. Yeah, he said his armor got it or something, which was strange. Certainly. And the way I see that is that the whatever this power is that's in each of us now was most easily observed in Pinter. There's no reason to think... Literally on his sleeve. Exactly. Yes. There's no reason to think that... um, Pinter's not there. That level of... uh, That level of power wresting control from each of us. There's no reason to believe that isn't in us now, (coughs) perhaps waiting for a better time. Gives concern if... If we're supposed to be doing this again. I mean, Pinter was saying we need to get more gods... We're going to have more of this? It says, also why I was a little bit leery about returning to the city so quickly as we are now inside the last bastion of humanity. Yeah, I'd be ashamed to destroy it. Five, uh, six, and... and How? Apologizes visually to hasten six of some of the most powerful people left. And not even saying that like boasting, just like, we know we're, we're big shots at this point. Um who may or may not have uh, time bombs in us. Yes. So, certainly something to be yeah. concerned about. Go easy on the booze. Hey, or none of us. <laughs> he puts that a flask. Good idea. <laughs> none of us is as strong as all of us. None of us are incapable of holding this power. And more. He says, I've seen the power of each of us. He says, even Pinter, although new to us, I can tell is capable of wielding this. I am familiar with this power. I have uh, I have had a similar thing inside me for as long as I can remember. He says, you just have to be aware of it. You have to know what it is that you deal with. Real quick. So none of us are incapable? None of us are incapable. So we are capable. Okay. Are capable. Sure. All of us are capable. Yeah, that's, that's what I thought you said, but I didn't quite hear I'm it. saying so. the good thing. That's good. Good. <laughs> None of us are capable of wielding this. We will all die. That's what, earlier when he was like, we have to watch ourselves. And now he's saying, yeah, this is really, really, really bad. Um, <clears throat> all right. So, yeah. So I think we, um, with focus, we can certainly control it. Well, bright side, but, if we are stuck here forever, better odds of surviving it. Well, we're still doomed once. So it's true. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, long-term plans work well out regardless. Um, anyway, that's all. I just think we should watch each other very carefully. Alright. And as the man with the best eyes... Everyone showers together. It's just practical. I mean... Um, with the best care. eyes... That's um, happened before. <laughs> this is this group has been together in a lot oh, yeah. of odd circumstances. Brandon... <laughs> Brandon says, um, my eyesight is not what it used to be a few lifetimes ago, so consider it, consider it your primary responsibility to, uh... Spy on everybody, basically. Blow a whistle if you need to. I'll pay attention. This whistle. This <laughs> whistle. It is not magical. It's right. It's just loud. Um, when says, um, myself included, let me know if you see anything that Concerns you or 
threaten no? us, the party. Or others. Uh, <laughs> and keep an eye on me as well, because who watches the Watchmen and all that? I like that. It's <laughs> a good phrase. You should write that down. You should copy that. <laughs> a lot of his wisdom comes from more like, you know, it's phrases or it's like folky, sayings it's like or folk wisdom kind yeah. of thing where it's like things he's heard a bard say as part of one of his tales and he's like I'm going to keep that with me I, I yeah. could see a lot I'm going to pop Hughes. that one at, a, at an opportune time and people are going to think I'm super wise who watches the Watchmen well, and Brandis is like I can trust that guy well like just the idea I mean the, like hearing yeah, phrases like two wrongs don't make a right kind of thing like I would imagine those are the kind of things where like when he was is spot on with some of his wisdom kind of thing, it's not like, ah, oh, you know, a wise man once said. It's just like, no, man, like I said it. It's just very now. simple. You know what they say obvious truth. Watch the Watchman. Hugh, watch the Watchman. I just really like them. Engage. Um, well, he goes back to the house. Is they already gone before he gets back? It's up to you. Tie on the door. How fast? We chatted for a bit. It was a crimson. Took a while cleaning up. Now they get back. They we run into them on their way to the tavern, so we haven't gotten to the house. But uh, yeah, yeah. They so Ren and Frida head off to the tavern to eat. The swankiest restaurant. The only it's restaurant. The only restaurant. And by definition, the, the swankiest of the city. Mm. Frequented by. So the city. The and, okay, so that's where they're headed. All right. Aurora Huge. has gone off to her room. Her door is shut. Hugh Pinter, Brandis. I'm with uh, Maddox talking with them. Oh, I thought you decided. That... No, I'm not going to talk to them about what happened. Gotcha. Okay, so Hugh show. and Brandis and Hasten uh, are there. Uh, actually, then Hasten has decided. To, uh, in that case, Hasten went with Pinter. Okay. After giving his wisdom to yes. Brandis. Then he ran off to pick okay, wait, let's yeah. this. I was waiting to, uh, to drop a knowledge bomb on you, and now I'm off to go. We're <laughs> just yeah. in time. You're doing um, it wrong. Goodbye. Hugh opts to go to the tavern. Not like going <laughs> on a double date with <laughs> Ren or anything, but just Who just get some food, some people, um, change the scenery, just sit back hey, in a couple of places. in the city. I mean, he's been working. He has. I mean, he walks in and people go, Hugh! He's the fastest hay baler there is. Yeah, I'll tell you about that sometime. We didn't do the once around of. uh, We didn't finish the once around of. uh, We're all thinking. Brandis goes back to his room. And ponders. Worries a bit about wife of Brandis. Servant of Brandis. Pavo. Haunted house of Brandis? Not Pavo. Pavo is not the not servant for, of Brandis. He worries not for Pavo. This, no, that's the, son of Brandis. He's thinking of yeah, the servant of Brandis. I was adding shop. Pavo to the list. He worries a bit and then rests easy knowing that Pavo and the Knights of Brandis, which Pavo leads. Which is Nob. Um, indeed. Mm-hmm. Um, Nob's Are, um, <laughs> uh, they're in good hands under Pavo's leadership. Um, that Pavo is a uh, brave man and a wise tactician. And Brandis knows that uh, to be truly immortal, one needs a legacy. And you have to see Brandis slowly um, moving towards uh, kind of organizing, uh, not so much like the war band before, but actually a a group, an organization, kind of uh, not led by him specifically, but... uh, 
kind of something a little more structure, something yes. a little bit more longevity Indeed. to it, rather than just a marauding group for plunder and gold. But in the great stretches of time that he's gone, um, Papo takes care of them. But you guys also know that Brennus has been putting more and more responsibility uh, in Papo's hands um, in running the estate and uh, little l- little details of Brennus's life. Interesting. And that's what Brandis does in his time to himself. Yes. Yes. Oh. And, but I really only point that out because as there's little details that you guys have seen kind of over time and stuff that certainly uh, Hugh picks up on with his keen insight. Hugh retroactively understands things he has observed but did not understand. <laughs> exactly. I get it. He realizes, you know, uh, Brandis' interaction with Pablo, he's like, oh. More than just hey, a Aurora lied to me lie. two birthdays ago when she <laughs> said that she did remember, but it was a surprise. <laughs> she lied. She's a pal of the Bahamut. Um, Alright, so then Brandis is alone when he's uh, with yes. these thoughts. He stares at the wall. Aurora's in the next room. That's splitting up. Mending a headache. Yes. Uh, does Hugh. Um, go to the tavern. Oh, he, he goes, goes to the tavern. Food and. People. Change of pace. Pinter. Heads off with young Maddock. Karis. What does he discuss with young Maddock? Uh, if he did not want to give details of what was um, going on. I must be frank with you, Maddock. He says, uh... Karis. Karis. He says, uh, I should not discuss what happened out there. He says, it seems that uh, the rest of the knights wish to wait until uh, tomorrow when we can all be together and understand their wishes. But, and he flips to some pages in his giant tome that he was drawing plans for. Karis is not upset when uh, when Pinter says this. He says, I understand. A group such as yourselves, it is misinformation that can, uh, that can strike deeper wounds than swords. He says, you should, uh, you should make sure that you are all on the same page. It's the kind of stuff that you says. So speaking of pages, let me show you this page. It says, I've got some ideas on how we could keep the city powered for uh, longer than five years that has left. He raises an eyebrow and says, he says, in between uh, whatever it is that you had done outside the wall, you found time to uh, to look into our own problems. Because there's always time to help other people. <laughs> he says, please, tell me, although I admit... It, some of this, uh, when when the priests and wizards discuss these matters uh, other times, I do not fully understand what they are saying. He says, I will hear what you have to say, but in the morning we should meet with those that are better equipped to understand it. I agree. He's just going to lay out some plans. He's going to meet with him and Papa Maddox. Papa Maddox. <laughs> like some pop. It's free with a tea. Um, always and, uh, and just kind of... Uh, he hints at the fact that he he's discovered that these gods are sources of great power. He knows that the the high priest was attempting to capture Solus, who has a, a similar power, um, and that he believes that he could help them access the power of a god. He says, "I I would wish if we could create some sort of alliance." He says, "If the gods are out there, there may be one that we can convince to help." town, or the city. He says, but I think with these modifications, and he's drawn some ideas for the engine, and just, uh, he's kind of showing them more mechanical rather than anything else. 
kind of uh, modifications to the shield engine that he has studied. He's looking at it, and you can see he's giving it his, his best effort to kind of yeah. understand, and he says, he says, this looks like a, wa- a lot of work, and as I understand it, it would require an enormous uh, source of power to do this, one that is not dwindling day by day. Are you saying that you think that the, uh, that the gods that are out there are immune to this deterioration? This is my theory. Yeah, he spends quite some time mulling over these uh, these documents that Pinter is showing him. And he says, "Every man has his own destiny." He says, uh, "The other, uh, the Quorum and I, um, we have felt in little control of our destinies lately, pulled back and forth between worlds." He says, "But I get a feeling, Karis, that." My destiny has led me here. I am here to help your people. He says, you mean more so than helping your friends? He says, "Um, I was born with two souls, and I have committed each one. He says, part of me will help my friends, and part of me is here in the city. Kara says, says, you, uh, you wizards, it is sometimes hard to figure out when you are speaking uh, literally and metaphorically. He says, no matter, I appreciate your dedication to, uh, to helping us. Yeah, and the rest of it, he's just going to talk with him and Maddox about, yeah, he's a smart guy, he's been observing the city, and just little mechanical changes that they could make around to, you know, speed things up or help people out, and he's just got some ideas. And uh, Matic particularly concentrates on the elements of kind of building this this almost engine that uh, that would be necessary. As one thing that he does understand is raw materials construction. He has worked the fields just as much as as any old uh, what you might call a commoner in the normal world. Although those sorts of labels kind of um, don't mean much. Well, as Aurora had experienced before, the you know the kind of classist things in these um, in the city are try they try to to squash that sort of thing from happening. Everyone must contribute. Everyone must get their hands dirty um, for the survival of the um, not human race. First, for the survival of all the mortal races. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Maddox has has worked with a plow in his hands. Uh, and, and has done all the work, has done basically all the jobs at some point in his life, or it is only by understanding these labors that he can better direct them. them. And so he kind of talks with this, and um, kind of the take, uh, takeaway of it is that this could, take, this could take a long time. And Pinter understands, you know, the, the raw materials that they have access to inside this town. They can grow trees, but the square footage is not large, you know, or the, the acreage is is not large they they barely produce enough to support the growth of the population as they have started to be, needed to build up rather than outwards put more people in, in buildings he's talking with them about plans that could take three four years yeah and at, yeah, at first you know Maddox didn't think he was talking about that and it becomes clear to Maddox during the course of the conversation that Pinter is talking about the long haul Ren and Frida eat. Does Hugh go to the same tavern? It's only one tavern. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> it's the tavern. What does Hugh eat? What does Hugh eat? 
Does Hugh join? Does Hugh go and What's sit down? What's available with? in the town? So he Hugh parts. specifically avoids Brennan Frieda. He, he barely maybe uh, makes... Uh, I mean, they see him come in. It's not a huge place. Yeah. But he doesn't move to sit with him. All right. Or join him at all. You're welcome to do so. Uh, I don't know. Does Ren say, hey, join us? Is that what you're saying? No, but when he walks <laughs> in, like, Ren looks at him, like, not in like help a... Help me out with the situation here. here. It's just like a, hey, this is, it's you, what's up? Oh. Yeah. I mean, you friend. are free to go sit wherever, but it's not like Ren is giving you the... Ren's not like go... Actually, away. Ren doesn't have to say it now. Because yeah. he does, he, he understands this yeah. just from the look that Ren gives him. Yeah. I walk into a restaurant, I got a buddy sitting there. Single buddy with a single lady... He says, hey, sit down. I'm going to go, no, I'm good. I'm going to sit over here. <laughs> it's cool. I always have to go ladies' chair and say, oh, excuse me. Could you? I say, can I sit Could you get up? Could you get up? He likes to sit in that you spot. You have to go patty your That's, nose. You're in my spot. I always sit across from him. <laughs> <laughs> He's my friend. I sit across from him so I can look him in the eye. Uh, like all right. During the course of the entire dinner, Frida doesn't talk much. She's just smiling and eating. She seems happier than Hugh's ever seen her before. Or at least in a long time. Go to the dark side, Frida. Oh my god. <laughs> dark Frida. Is that it? That's it. <laughs> right. Okay. Ren? Time passes. Just eat dinner? Ren eats dinner and is pleasant. Tries not to discuss work. Uh, <clears throat> Although Frida asks, might might be all about that, you know. She's, no. she seems like a work chatter. Ren, what does would she ever talk about? Ren keeps her distracted that. with talk of her childhood and parents, which gets her a little <laughs> fired Don't up. Her about <laughs> she has a lot to say no, about her childhood. Uh, please, this isn't it's the first true. time we've it's talked. It's true. About. And he talks to her about the Planner cool. Observatory and some of the cool stuff that she saw. I mean, she was up there for a long time. She saw some years. cool stuff. She has a lot to say about everything. Yeah, so she tells some of that stuff. But they don't dwindle on the fact that, oh, crap, we don't know how we're going to get out of here. What do you mean dwell? Dwell. What'd you say? I said dwindle. That does have the word dwell. Dwell. They don't dwell on that. And they try not to... He makes a point of not bringing up anything negative. He tries to keep the mood light or as light as he can, given their current situation. And... He's a good friend. All in all, just tries to keep things pleasant. And when talking about what Frida has seen, she does mention, she says, of all the places I had seen, I had seen many times and places and even, uh, even things that make no sense, that cannot possibly even be in our... Uh, in any of our worlds, such as the world where the people that built the Planet Observatory came from, I had never seen this place. Mm-hmm. This is all a dream. Pinter wakes up. Uh, She's not completely surprised. It's just kind of something that she mentions as part of the conversation. Maybe something that Ren hadn't heard explicitly before. When she says that, Ren um, just... Okay, so uh, Ren just kind of makes note of that and and starts to discuss how perhaps the Planar Observatory didn't even know. I mean, this this machine that this this that knows everything can see. I mean, it can see all ends and stuff like that, can't it? Yeah, that even 
even, I mean, it, he starts to wax philosophical, but no one can really map out the intentions of the human mind and human heart, and you can just do whatever. And oh, and Frida is able to join in on this conversation, and they talk for a long time about the I philosophy of of what is final and what How is not, and fate. And analogies come up in this? <laughs> when talking with just Ren, no she never brings buckets. up the bucket. He doesn't Ren need it so to be dumped down so bucket. much. Well, she doesn't have to talk down to Ren. He's not on the bucket ladder. It's like a bucket. He's not on the bucket list. So, Sometimes it's Ren that talks about concepts that oh, she has to have him Ren explain. is definitely on Frida's bucket list. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, after dinner, Ren, the hour is now growing late. The three bells are about to sound, which uh, tell that it's time for rest. It's like a deep bong. Yeah, they go back to the the, the communal resting place, the, the, the inn where the our house. place that we have the, the house, rooms we have been assigned, the house, and tells her to continue to take the night off, go get some rest, and you'll see her in the morning, hoping that in this happy, not having just worked and stressed out mood, she will sleep. Quite a while. She's not going to sleep all night. She's going to sleep. Yeah. Rand does not she understand women. <laughs> he has no idea about women. It's kind of him, but... But she does go off to her private quarters. Alright. Does anybody else want to go before I jump into something else? Are you going to jump into something else? Oh, is Rand not going to sleep? Rand's not going to sleep. And then he what about you? Ah... Hugh investigates to see whether or not the oldest profession in the world has a grassroots organization. Here. Wouldn't be grassroots. There we go. If he stays here permanently, he could become the pimp. No, he 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 likes to be a uh, a customer, not a uh, provider. It doesn't take long for you to figure out where to go. There's a particular look. Uh, there's a, you know, there's um. There's a whole set of hand signals. There. It's yeah. almost and, and Hugh, having become more insightful, and can spot whores. Can he even kind of realizes the fact that this is strange? Society fell apart. You don't know it, but you're one. Society fell apart, and uh, and you kind of rebuilt differently. There's so many things that are different culturally. Yet, the oldest profession in the world. Still, kind of all functions Does the same. Is it stigmatized though at all here, or is it just kind of whatever? That's what people is it? need. Hmm. Sam. Well, I have my own opinions on how the thing should run, but <laughs> well, tell me. Um, what are your opinions? Like tell me how, what it is like here. No, uh, uh, describe the world. The way Sam. it is like here is, it's it's more kind of like a necessary evil is how it's viewed. Originally, there were, you know, high-minded thoughts of let's try and get rid of this small number of people, but with a small number of people, there needed to be an outlet for wandering eyes and such. And while original claims of, oh, it will be, you know, problems and destroy, you know, more moral fiber, it ended up... The only thing that keeps us alive in this dark time. ended up being a necessary outlet for certain... Um, certain... Pressures. So it's not great, but at the same time, it's not reviled. During the depression, banging one up. <laughs> Alright, cool. Yeah, bad. So that's Hugh's evening. That's Hugh's evening. 
As everyone else heads off to sleep, after the three slow bongs of the uh, of the city bell, what is Ren up to? Ren sitting in the <clears throat> in the communal room uh, waits for everyone else to go to bed. And when it is just he and Hasten left, Hasten doesn't uh, Hasten doesn't sleep. That's right. Hasten went with Pinter, but um, didn't. He didn't say anything. He was just there. Um, he says dead. He doesn't have to sleep. Yeah, and so Hasten is there. He with waits, he waits till Hasten gets back, and then like, says to Hasten, "Describe that later." Let's. Uh, you up for a walk outside the walls? Hasten says, "Always." No. No way. So I don't Ren and Hasten then make for the portcullis. Hasten has always been one to be a good um, secret keeper of the group. Pinter had gone to him recently, kind of confiding in him about what the future may hold for him, and gave him one of the splinters, the shard of pure evil. But uh, Hasten, you know, Hasten has always been someone that each of you could go to if you needed to talk to. He has never betrayed that sort of trust. Confidence. It's almost like that confidence. It's almost like he he lives so differently from you. He doesn't have to eat. He doesn't have to sleep. That it's almost like that. That um, makes him seem. Not he dwells a little bit outside. Dwells a little bit outside. You know, you kind of you've never gotten the impression that he just he can't wait to tell someone or that that. <laughs> oh my god! It, it wouldn't even be that. It would even be that like he almost sees the larger picture and, and sees the value in. Yeah, lately, he's been a little transparent. He is also <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Good night. He seems like a guy who also enjoys a good night walk. So, uh, anyway. So when Ren asks this, he doesn't really say anything. And, uh... So they, uh... They think for the... For the gate. Are we given any trouble getting out? Do you have your masks? Yes. The the guards at the gate say, uh... Say, I was not aware that you were scheduled to leave. Says. He says, uh, he says, I should check with Maddock before you go. Ren. <clears throat> Ren says. We have. We have. We have we're just conducting a few brief experiments. We have. We have business outside the wall. Um, we'll be back shortly. No need to awaken Maddock. No alarm, or no no reason to worry. We'll be back soon. Diplomacy. This is how badass we are. And does a... Everything's dead outside the bubble. No. And they're going diplomacy? Look at diplomacy. You're doing diplomacy. Well, that That's sounds like diplomacy. 50. <laughs> the citizens. The guard seems hesitant at first. Then he looks at Rand and... He says, Very well, the... Uh, let's see. It's late anyway. He's probably. Sleeping. Why does <coughs> someone volunteer? Why does the Why does the guard find himself trusting Ren? What has he heard in the talks and the rumors, the endless rumors that have gone around in the last few days? This is a man who sought out corruption in the high priest and found the man who had uh, been uh, basically corrupted by the outside influences and struck him down before any harm could be made. So as far as he is concerned, yeah. this is this is the man who's got the city's best interests at heart, and 
it required going against orders yeah. to go find to do that high, you know to go break into that room and stop the high priest from what he was doing so this guy you know he goes well this is against protocol but uh yeah to a certain degree as well it's a matter of like him contacting Maddox would not have be asking permission. It would be more like I'm going outside. Yeah, yeah. So he, um, so the man, the man basically actually respects him as someone that sometimes might need to break the rules, but it will be for the good of the city. And he looks to his men and he says, he says, they are cleared to leave. Ren and Hazen make their way through the gates and venture out into the. Uh, it's still light out, right? It's always light. Yeah, so it's still light. So they make they venture they they they, they make their way out um, pretty far. I mean, they can still see the city, but the people in the city for sure can't see them. Um, and as they're walking, Ren begins to talk to Hasten about. Uh, he just says he says he says all this all this talk of capturing the gods and and harnessing their powers while I don't deny its effectiveness it just seems a little bit unnecessary to me when there's obviously all this power all around us as we have discussed do you remember what did he say I'm sorry <laughs> talking about that was my fault that was my fault talking about how getting the gods power is yeah that's not a bad idea to... but there's all this energy around us right. that we could be Says, sky juice. I remember the conversation. Ren says, It was a long journey back from the ruins of Cormir, and on the way I thought of... Uh, I, I, I pondered long on the aberrant energy and how we might come to harness it. And I think that time has come for some field tests. Oh boy. He says, Tell me what you intend to do. Ren... <clears throat> Uh, says, I intend to, um, I don't know how, how it's going to work out for, as I said, I have not conducted any experiments. The group frowns upon such things, as we both know, but desperate times call for desperate measures. He says, Frida seems concerned that attempting to harness this could drive you mad. Frida is not to know of these experiments, at least not yet. He says, I understand. He says, being not someone who understands this as well as you or her, I am simply echoing her concerns. Ren says, and that is part of the reason why I brought you here with me, to help keep me grounded, if you will. <laughs> he says, how have you felt since we slayed the, uh, queen, of the Ren says, queen of Shadow? I, I feel her presence, if that's what you uh, are referring to. Maybe not her her presence specifically, but uh, an increase of power flowing within me. Uh, he says, how about your ambition? Do you desire to control more? Uh, Ren stops and thinks for a moment and says, more than you I don't know if that's possible. My ambition has always been pretty great, as you know. Um, whether it is a desire to control more or just an increased desire to control that which I already sought. I know not. He says, sounds like Ren's speaking to me. Let's proceed. <laughs> he says, I simply wish, as I have uh, not been silent about, 
to make sure that everyone is handling this newfound power appropriately. There Red. was a period in my life before I met you where it almost uh, overtook me. Red. This is not the same as that. But it is not all too different. Ren, because they're walking at this point. They haven't stopped to do anything. And Ren, Ren asks and says, about that, how is it that you um, came upon or came, came upon this energy and how did you deal with it when, when you first found it or got your first taste of it? He says, it requires discipline. He says, you... <laughs> I mean, That's all you're giving me? He says, this is not foreign to you. You wield a great amount of power. And then he looks at the Crimson Stone Rod. He says, you wield a great amount of power that, um, that perhaps the power itself has different intentions than your own. You are not a foreigner to, to this sort of conflict inside yourself. He says... Just do what you have. Uh, just continue to do what you have been doing. Ren. He says, "It is you that I actually am concerned about the least, for you have the most experience in something similar." Ren I was getting a little uneasy by Hasten's uh, remarks, uh, but that last line kind of put him at ease a little bit. It spoke to Ren's cocky side. And Ren immediately was just kind of like, You're great. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I got this. Um, so he then uh, explains to uh, Hasten what exactly he's planning on doing. Um, right now, it's not, you know, it's not like he's testing this on anyone. Right now, he's more, he has. He can't write anything down because he was doing this all in the saddle. So he's got all these different equations in his head and different ways that he knows that he can bend the arcane to his will. But now he wants to see if that same logic can apply to um, this aberrant energy. Um, in much the same way as he uses the arcane to wield a fireball, can he do the same thing with his aberrant energy? So these are pretty basic tests at this point. But just he's not sure what's going to happen when, when he gets a taste of the aberrant energy. When you start wheeling the, the, the arcane, um, as Pinter can attest, there's... Uh, you, you, you Saying you're drunk with power is a bit of an exaggeration, but you, you can feel it. You can feel it flowing through you, and it's not a bad feeling. And depending on how strong this aberrant energy is... Ren needs someone there to help ground him and bring him back down. Um, and so since Hasten has volunteered that, that's why he, he brought him out here with him. So uh, when they're a reasonable distance away, Ren just starts off with small stuff that he does all the time. Just, you know, he, he throws a fireball at a rock and calls down, you know, with one hand he does that, and with another hand a lightning bolt comes down and hits the rock at the same time. As Ren attempts more and more, you know, starting very, very little. So he's basically like, he's drawing from the weave that he is very familiar with and trying to just kind of augment it with a little bit of this aberrant, wouldn't even call it an aberrant weave that's, that's too similar sounding to the arcane weave because it is something completely different. Um, 
but it is a it is a source of power that could that Ren believes could potentially be drawn upon. And uh, Ren finds that at first, with the slightest little bit, he's able to kind of pull this in, but it is unpredictable. As he throws a fireball and pulls a little bit of uh, aberrant energy into it, it, uh, you know, kind of another fireball shoots off from it and then explodes into acid in midair and, and sizzles into the ground, completely not where Ren was expecting it to go. And this is alarming to Ren for the, or maybe you'll tell me if it's a warning. This is unexpected for he was only putting a little bit in. You know, he thought maybe. Uh, an expectation might more be that it would have gone off in a slightly bit different direction, but just by pulling a little bit in, it went so different from the spell that he was trying to cast that um, does he try to pull more in? Ren, uh, Ren kind of cracks his neck and, and says, interesting. As he realizes that it is so chaotic, but he doesn't know, he he hasn't done enough tests yet to know if it's chaotic and it's just, he, he can't harness it, that it is unwieldable, um, or if instead it's like his early days of spellcasting where he would go and try to, you know, levitate something and a pitcher over here would fly off the shelf and break, or, you know, he would try to do a bolt of lightning here and a fireball would shoot out and hit the wall over here. So he's not sure if it's just his um, the newness of it and him not knowing how to wield it. So, yeah, he decides to give it a little bit more juice. I mean, it's probably never a good idea when you're learning how to drive a car. You don't just... Or, yeah, when, you're, when you're learning to ride a horse, <laughs> you don't just all of a sudden, when things get a little wobbly, make it go faster. Of course it gets. But this is Ren, and he's like, you know, we're out here in the middle of nowhere. Let's let's really give this some juice now. And he, once again, throws another fireball, but this time... Dan, to- what happens when he tries to pull even more of this uh, completely unpredictable, chaotic, and frankly, uh, maddening power uh, into the spell? Ren's prepared to get hurt himself. What he wasn't expecting, wasn't prepared for hasten to get hurt. And just kind of one of the explosions, one of the um, kind of pulling in more energy, and it's like he's drawing something in to release it in this way, and he's like holding it like this, and and he just kind of slips or something, he doesn't quite realize it's it's pushing out in one direction, and a, a bit of just kind of pure energy from what element, Kevin? Thunder. Shoots out that way, hitting uh, hitting Hastings or in Hastings' direction. I don't know if it's you can dodge it. It uh, it does strike Hastings. In fact, what you see is as he is um, you know semi translucent now. You see the thunder shoots through him. Like half of it moves through him, but half of it strikes him, and it lifts him off his feet, throws him fifteen feet away, and he lands on his back. Uh, which is unusual. Normally, Hasten would be able to, even mid-hit, be able to disappear into the shadow, but it just completely knocks him over, and he kind of catches his uh, uh, gasps for air as he gets back up. It was a uh, it was a strong hit. But he gets back up. He does get back up. Does he make any he does. note that... Does he, does, he, does he make any attempt to stop Rat? Um, as he gets up, he's <clears throat> uh, 
So, what's the goal here? <laughs> uh, the go- for right now, the goal is just to practice for a little bit and see... I mean, now that he knows that he can funnel it into what he's doing, now the question is, is it wieldable or is it just straight up chaotic and there's nothing you can do about it? It's, it's got a mind of its own. As Ren continues to experiment, Hasten, before, just kind of crossing his arms and observing, now kind of adopts what Ren is pretty familiar with as Hasten's battle stance. Next time a thunderbolt comes at him, he's, he's going to have the reaction over. to dodge. I mean, he is... Uh, there's a little bit of shame that Ren saw. More shame than, like, annoyance or anything. But, like, he wasn't... Re- he hadn't thought of that and wasn't ready for that. But you know what, though? It's okay, because it's only the two of us out here, and it's like, I'm not going to tell on him, because that means I have to come clean what we're doing out here. And it's it's like, what stays in the aberrant world, or what happens in the aberrant <laughs> world stays in the aberrant world. You know what they say out there, what happens in the aberrant world. So, uh, so after a little while of this, what conclusion does Ren come to? Aberrant. Ren finds Free was convinced it would drive you crazy. Ren has only been <laughs> Ren has only been been channeling the, the the slightest bit of what he can feel is out there because even as he just puts you know one percent half a percent of of that available energy there he's finding it so unpredictable that it's becoming hazardous to himself he's far from an idiot he uh, he he knows what you know that he, he could he has the power to cast a spell that would obliterate himself when he's in full control of his power. <laughs> so when he sees it becomes more and more unpredictable, Ren, Ren knows where it's getting to the point where where he is doing something where if it randomly happened to mutate in the wrong way, that he'd be putting himself in serious risk. Um, and so just with that, like I said, you know, half a percent of the available power there is as far as, is as, far as um, Ren can go safely. Now you can tell me if maybe he does decide to push it further. Yeah. But he finds a couple things. He finds that as he does this, he is finding that there is an effect that is deeper than just what he is casting. It is, despite him wearing the mask, that sense of a little bit of... Uh, um, were you were you there when you kind of felt that encroaching, like, foreign presence yeah. moving yeah. in on the mind? It's that. It's almost... It's moving through the mask as he, he realizes what is happening is he is reaching with his mind outside of the mask to pull this... And it's almost creating a tunnel through which this aberrant influence is trying to come back through. And he can feel it now. It's the slightest, the slightest, tiniest tunnel. So even as it comes through to touch Ren's mind, it is a small amount. But that small amount, it is powerful. It is strong. And it is, um, it is a little alarming that it, uh, that, it has, that it can cross back through that conduit that Ren has opened so quickly. But as Ren is doing this, he also finds, uh, and so that's that's what he discovers while doing this. And it is Hasten that brings up behind him, and he says, "He says, how do the mind flayers do it? They have to eat brains. Mm. Come closer. Let me show you. I will show you. How do the mind flayers control the energy? He says, yes, they may be evil, but they are not crazy." Ren says that is an excellent point. Psionic energy. And delicious. 
Lincoln the player doesn't actually know. Brain does Ren does Ren know? Brainer Ren perhaps hadn't strongly considered this beforehand as Ren uh, considers it. He doesn't know biologically why this would be possible. But as it dawns on him that the mind flayers are capable of doing this, the idea of exploring that further seems wise. Ren says um, Ren says to Hasten, I mean, and they've been out here for a while now, and Ren pauses and kind of stops as like this ball of energy that he was trying to manipulate and hold just kind of and goes away. And he stops and turns around and looks at Hasten and says, Very good, my man. That is an excellent, excellent point you bring up. Are you sure you've never studied the arcane? Just, my experiences are vast but shallow. Ren says, Nonetheless, you make an excellent point. And... Uh, says, come, let us return back to this, back to the city walls. I, I think we've been out here long enough for uh, one night. Um, <laughs> let's return and uh, try to get a little bit of rest before our uh, friends... Well, I'm going to go back and try to get some rest before our friends wake up. And I must think about and uh, do some research on the mind flares and see if I can come up with an answer to your riddle. Hasten says, I'm in no hurry to get rest, and he smirks at the idea. He says, I think I will stay out here for longer. Ren looks at him and says, are you sure you can handle it? He says, as long as you got us through the gates, he says, I find myself interested in the nearby landscape. I would seek to map it out some more. Ren not being one to question since he himself has got his own <laughs> agenda agenda, and Hasten has been good and not called Ren on any of his stuff uh, I will tell you says very well I will see you in a while <laughs> and no never saw Hasten again turns back to, to the gates everyone assumes Ren killed him Ren finds their uh, Ren finds it to be no trouble Ren finds it to be no trouble at all to get back through the gates. Uh, the same, the same kind of head of that regiment of guards is there, allows him back through. Doesn't even doesn't even ask him any questions when he comes through. Didn't do the dogs? No, he doesn't dog the, the whole thing. He give him the dogs. There's not even like a question of that. I assume Ren doesn't even. He's not like why would you? Um, and he comes through, and he says, uh, and he says. I hope it was a productive Just night. Just one of you. Nice night. Ren. He doesn't even question that. He doesn't question that because even in the back of this guard's head is maybe maybe that guy was a bad guy too and he took care of him. Like that's kind of his thought. Is like this is the man who gets things done. He weeds out those who shouldn't be here. Like but he's not gonna let Hasten back. It's like he's dead. I know. Um, You're one of that now. Ren. Uh, Ren says. It was insightful. Thank you. Me nods. I learned how to control some of the aberrant power. Thank you. And passes on through. Actually, 
as he's passing through and says that it was insightful, <laughs> says, best keep it under uh, under wraps that, that, did this. that we were... Uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, the guy leans down to Ren and speaking very quietly, he says, should I allow your friend back in? Should he return? Of course. He of says, course. No, and he says, of course. There's, of course. There's no reason. But Ren says, I thank you for your caution, though. I was just joking. I didn't really mean it. I just, you know. <laughs> glad, glad to know, as, as Ren tries to butter up the guard, says, glad to know there are still members of the guard that can think as well as fight. Have some better. He beams at this, like, this is a man who, through his thinking, was able to weed out this traitor, and he's like, he's like, I thank you for the compliment. And he says, I should get back to my post, as he seems like almost more glad he to stand his post. He stands taller. <clears throat> Ren turns. Oh, man. Ren's going to feel really bad if he has to nuke this guy, because he tells. Will he? <laughs> but he'll do it. Like, that's the first thing that <laughs> Is that Ren what he thinks. says when he turns around? I'm going to feel bad I'm going to feel better I have to kill you. <laughs> You're a good man. So Ren goes back to the room. When the city falls. Alright. Ren, goes back, back Ren goes back to the room and, and gets a little bit of shut-eye before everybody else oh, wakes up. Aberrant experiments bring down the shield. <laughs> Where do you feel bad for killing this man? <laughs> to spare him. Who wakes up first? Brand is stores. Roll initiative. Oh, oh. man. <laughs> Ren does not. Ooh. Maybe not. 27. Um. Whoa. Not, twi- not 27. Not 27. Nice. I have a high initiative now. What is your initiative? Uh, 33. All right. Pinter gets up first. <laughs> Six seconds later, Pinter does. <laughs> first down to bird call. He has Forsyth make tea. No. Forsyth has already made tea. <gasps> he wakes Force, up. Forsyth position. <sighs> and reaches out and grabs the tea that Forsyth has already ready. And he slept peacefully. He had no nightmares. He has no lasting regrets. He feels Great. good. He thinks, you know, it's probably just something weird going on with the armor out there. We'll look into it. He sees Hasten. When he comes out into the main room, who, of course, was already awake, uh, he sees Hasten is actually looking looking over the kind of documents that Frida had spread out. He's just kind yeah. of reading them he over. Looks too. Any questions? Here? He looks and Hasten just laughs and he says, <laughs> "He says, I'm sure you can actually understand this stuff." So, do you have any questions? And Pinder's just in a bathroom. <laughs> this <laughs> team. <laughs> do you have any questions? He looks and he says. It would take all day to help me understand what this one line means. That? Oh. That's the page number. That's her her signature. (laughs) He he explains that line to him in in very basic terms. He says, for a friend, I have all the time in the world. He says, says, you are a better teacher than Frida. (laughs) While Pinter is discussing this, uh, the front door opens and he walks in. I just see him in his bathroom drinking tea going, Who are you? Uh, I'll have some tea. What's that? Hasten turns to you and says, Productive night? Yes. Says, Look a little tired. Uh, I slept over. Hasten says, Sure, you get it. Nice tea. 
We're and then Hazen just the continues to look. And then Foresight does kind of a dark, weirdo like. Dark circles under her eyes. And she stares at the tea as if it's offended her. And then she shuffles into the kitchen. Foresight goes. She says nothing to Hugh, who has obviously just returned. <laughs> smelling Standing like in the, the doorway, perfume. smelling of strawberries. <laughs> Good times. Jason looks to Roar and says, You look like you got a night full of restful sleep. Can you be sarcastic? <laughs> he smirks. You hear from the yep. from the other room. <laughs> Are you being insightful? I, I can hear your smirk from here. She mumbles to Pinter herself. says, Aurora, we should um start looking into the location of one of these other gods, don't you think? Long pause. <laughs> I yeah? think we should discuss what we're going Isn't to do. Isn't that what you're doing? Or what we even got. Yeah, do we even know what like, we got was a headache. Frida comes out of her room moments later, being awoken by uh, all the commotion. Aurora does not know how to do quiet voice. About time you're up. <laughs> Lazy bones. It's she scowls at Brandis. It's fake ten a.m. <laughs> of course, I bring some tea. It's always ten a.m. here. Who was it that asked what we have? That was that you. was you. That was you. Brandis is interesting. What have we accomplished exactly? Brand stumbles out of his room. We That's killed a god. Check that off early. Oh, what have we accomplished towards our end goal? One fewer guy. Free just yawns as if she got the first oh, restful night of sleep that, that she's ever had. Oh. And she says, she says, you got oh, some no, of the power, no. but you need more. So says, did we I'm working to, on it. Like, actually get any? Like, or did it all go into us? Did like, what, what percent of Char ended up in the stones that we can use? Or... She says, none of it. What? 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 Oh, goody. You hear a teacup break (laughs) in the kitchen. She says, it's not a bad thing. And then she looks to Pinter and says, and says, surely you saw this as a possibility when studying those things. And she speaks very disdainfully towards them. Nod. She says, explain it to him. As she starts going through her documents, like she's now completely reorganizing her documents. We have enough power to go back right now. Then he goes back. Uh, <laughs> I'm taking control. Uh, no, he says that uh, the the splinters of the shard of the shard of pure evil. Says they start to uh, bond with those who carry them, with, with those who are around them. He says it is. Uh, the the shards have allowed us to store energy, but the energy did not go into the shards. They went into those that the shards bonded with. What? Says, Previously, we assumed that the shards were the bucket, but actually, you are the bucket, we and the are. shard is I'm the a funnel. Bucket? Says the shards are the funnel, and, she, and then she gets like a cup of water and pours through the funnel and says, "And this was shard." Pours it Char's in. the water. That's the funnel. I'm a bucket. Mm-hmm. Says you're the bucket. <laughs> you're the bucket. And then she Am looks I at Am I a bucket with handles? At least. You can work. She Do you looks want? Aurora from head to toe, and she says, "Yeah." Love <laughs> handles. What? You're a good-looking easier bucket. To, easier you are, to carry. You are a good-looking bucket. <laughs> She's got curlers in her hair. Um, it's a tall bucket so of water. How does that work? I <laughs> thought we needed this. Power hands? to get back. How do we use it if it's in us? You try carrying water in a bucket. She says, 
He says, don't you feel it inside you? <laughs> yeah, but I thought we had to, like, use it up to get back home or something. She yeah. says, there is no concept of using it up. We just need to generate enough energy in one blast in order to activate, uh, in order to activate this ritual. So there's no ritual that will actually be doing it. At the moment that we generate that energy, it'll happen. No, no, no. It is a complicated... And she, like, oh, yeah. she grabs some papers and says... He goes over there. They're explaining it together. Yeah, and, and he says, Pinter and I had, had devised this ritual. This ritual takes three days. Uh, countless uh, chants and incantations and, and even some materials that we're going to need to find. <coughs> and she says, no. but... She says, no, but this part right that. here... And she, like, goes to the seventh page about halfway down. She says, uh, over there, right over here. She says, she says, this... The amount of energy that we have to pour into this uh, to this particular step of the ritual is is unfathomable. Or is that even a number? Previously unfathomable. It's one point twenty one gods. We only have one. So, so how far along are we towards that un- unreachable number? You should say it would. Uh, uh, she said we would have to figure out how much it is that you can wield. She says, have you tried? Have you tried to have, manifest this power? I have a question. Um, as I've been running these numbers in my head and looking over your notes, uh, and I'm going to speak in layman's terms so that our friends here can understand. I always um, appreciate it. When, when Char, using the water in the funnel in the bucket uh, analogy, metaphor, um, analogy, Yes. Um, if we were to then flip the funnel over and pour <laughs> the water from the bucket out and somehow funnel this energy back out of us through the rod um, to then in one point to, to, to harness this power would it be possible if you know when, you, when you're dumping something through it it, it it only goes a certain amount. But if you were to put your thumb over it and focus that, you could make it more powerful and go faster. She, could you she, do it It's a funnel, not a hose. You're a bucket, I'm looks, a thumb. But she looks at Ren and she says, the bucket is only an analogy. <laughs> I'm, I'm dumbing this down for their sake. She says, you would be increasing the pressure, but not the bandwidth. <laughs> Duh. Pinter says, regardless... Is this something that we actually have to worry about right now? We don't have the power She says, no, it's impossible. She says, the amount of energy that would need to be generated in a single moment is impossible. Yes, you could narrow the the, uh, amplitude of the energy in order to... um, what? It's a magic term. She says, it would go above your head, Aurora. You can shorten the wavelength, but you still need more amplitude. I am a dwarf. Ren says that he's still not getting up on the idea that we could somehow manipulate the crystals to more precisely focus the energy. Well, okay, so I... Just don't cross the street. You need to to make me do magic, is what you're saying. You're already magical. (laughs) She says, you have the power of a god inside you. Right, but how do I get it out then? Pinter's going to... She says, it is not going to leave. It is in you now. He's going to close his eyes. Well, how do I make it 
do what you needed to do to do the thing. That's that's she the says, question we need. I do not have time to teach a magic school. She looks to Pinter and says, "Do you have time to teach a magic school?" I don't want to teach a magic school. Pinter I just want to teach smiling. me. Pinter's yeah. magic school. Magic school. Well, you said before. I mean, Pinterton I, Academy. I I managed to pick up a little bit on like. Introductory arcane theories, and I can cast a really bad ritual if you really need me to. But you said this was like a totally different thing. She says, "She I says you're right. Uh, anything that I could teach you wouldn't work." Aurora is correct. This gods don't go to magic school. She says, "She says you will find uh, you will find yourself able to manifest this power before long." She says, "I don't think you will be able to help it." Oh, super! I like the X Men. Great, I love it. So, do we just wait until we can found this power, and we can, we can wield this power to <laughs> unleash it, and then we can finish the ritual? She says, there is no way that a single god, even uh, even the full even the full power of Shar at her height, concentrating her power with the, with the, with the potency that she knows how to wield from, from millennia of wielding it, would be enough power for this ritual. She says, "Not as I said, not even the gods could cast the spell. From so then we need to get more gods? Yeah, from more the calculations gods. that Pinter is done, he's looking through the paperwork and the ritual again. It's just one really big god, or a bunch of really small gods. Literally, how many gods, let's say they, they didn't like at? explode from the pressure of them going into them, how many gods would they need? Four or five. Oh my god! <laughs> Looking at That's right. She's not saying like, oh, maybe oh, if one oh, god oh. were to just b- do a uh, little extra, it's like not even in the ball. Not even the power of one god. She didn't say. Not even the power of two gods. <laughs> Pinter says, "Yes, we've got our work laid out for us." Okay. Okay. So we've got one. Okay. One. So, so where's the next one? We know Cyric. We know blah 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 blah. Blah blah blah. And crazy old guy. You no, know, you, you've been around me long enough. I, I've and tried. And you remind I've me tried. how to say it every time, so I'll never need to remember what it is. Um, uh, who's the worst? Well, will you not be here when oh I'll need God. to know that name? Oh. It's a you, simple thing to yeah. remember. You coddle him. I, it's time to start researching the location of these other places. He says, "I plan on working with uh, the high priests." Who are the carriers of caretakers of knowledge in the city? Um, and so, is there any? Is there anything we right can there. do as far as helping them fix their shield problems? Because I was right. thinking we could, like, I don't know, thinking if water in buckets gets siphoned off a little bit and they could oh. put a stick in the shield or something. Lets out a sigh and says, "says helping get back, helping preserve this world. We can't make up our mind." We can go to dinner and give we'll the bomb a dollar on the way there. I mean, we don't have to only do one. Yeah. Says, I mean, if it's, if we're if it's cheap power, and it doesn't cost much, and we can do both, then sure. If it's totally out of the question, then no, we won't. Francis, agreed. If we're harvesting the power of five dead gods, we can, can we shave them. a little off the top? Or is it no dice? Frida says it's not impossible. Yeah, nothing's impossible. She says, once you have the amount of, uh, of potential power that we need to cast this, we can see how much there is left over. Or see, she says, she says, in fact, there is no predicting what you'll be capable of once you even have two of these. If they continue to absorb in the same way. Do you mean magically capable of or morally capable of? Yeah. 
uh, Frida, at the suggestion of this, it is almost like she was pushing this out of her mind, and, like, she kind of just closes her eyes for a moment, and she says, she says, can you just please try to find good gods to kill next? (laughs) That's what I was saying. She clearly did not want to suggest this to Aurora. Does anyone know where Bahamut is? Oh my gosh. We would all be paladins then. We'd all be dragons. (laughs) Aurora finds no humor. Frida says, Uh, they're not your gods. They're not our gods. This is a different world. They just pretend. It's just the same like when we killed me. That was necessary. <laughs> I did this might be more too. like you after that. You're insane. She says, I do fear. She says, I fear for your mind. Or is it not the same uh, thing when you're outside you? Anyways, we're supposed to meet... Clearly has no patience for your tomfoolery. We're supposed to meet with Maddox today and tell him about what happened. Are we uh, more clear on be. what we need to do when we get to these gods? kind of felt like we were going in blind before. That is well, true. When we got there, well, I could no longer... <laughs> I could no longer remember There you are. Wake it up. Yes. We, we got need... separated, and then when I appeared amongst the, the rest of you, uh, it seemed like we didn't know what we were doing. Yeah, I got it. Well, the amnesia didn't it help with that. It seems like beheading. That didn't really help. The the, the late reminder didn't help too much either. But you know, Ren, did you know the entire time why we were there? Yeah, of course I knew the entire time. Uh, whether or not he, why he didn't tell. Yeah, because you can all actually can remember now as that as that from that moment. cloud from from Char left. You can you now remember forgetting. You know what I mean? You remember that you forgot. These gods, just like any other beings, have an instinct for survival. Well, let's make a plan. Yeah. If that happens again, tell us earlier. <laughs> Fair enough. The plan was to talk her down and avoid having all of those unpleasant, unpleasant undeadies come attack us from all sides. Or as I can tell, was I that the plan? The Pretty much worked. How? I mean, if that was a plan, you're welcome. Why didn't you say that before we did all that fighting? Because it was spur of the moment. <laughs> I was shooting from the hip. Them hips got bad accuracy. Got what were you shooting for exactly? Let's like, you were trying to like get her to be an ally? Our our exact, our, our, I was trying to not have her attack us full-blown and convince her that she could help us in other ways. Win her... Win her over to our plight. And By then, letting us eat her soul? And then, Speaking of winning people over. And then, at the moment when she is trusting of us, strike her down yes, when she... Yes. Okay. See it coming. I can see that. As that could I, work. As I Which recall, is pretty much what we did. As that, I yes. recall. And perhaps you If recall. we had known you that we were going to do that, Brendis, be we might quiet be able for to... one second. I don't want to get stuck in the same situation. Then keep your mouth shut How many shut of us all die? He should not keep his mouth shut and actually open it when we need him to. That doesn't even make sense. Tell us the plan. We didn't know. Did you know? I'm attempting to talk to you about the future plan. Would you like to talk about the All previous right. plan or the future plan? I don't want a, pa- a repeat of the past. I've lived through If we don't do this, the why repeat you, of the future will happen. Why are you guys so butthurt about that? It totally worked. It worked through our ignorance. Or at least. We yeah. almost died and... She, she locks out the die. door and leaves to go meet Maddox. She's sick of this. Hayson, well, I mean, technically, follows technically, Brandis did die, but Brandis did die. <laughs> and I'll, never, I'll never forgive you for that. <laughs> I like that, Brandis. I like that, Brandis. 
Does new brand look a little different than old brand? A little bit. Yeah. yeah. Just little Jason's going to stop her halfway there once they're done talking. Yeah, because I want to figure out what we're doing then. I want to know what she wanted to talk about. Yeah. Now she's going. Oh, we're supposed to go and talk to Maddox. We can follow her. We're level 26 characters. Yeah. <laughs> I guess we could probably follow her. Let's that go to Maddox. So you can talk on the way. We start going to Maddox. She needs to just throw her elbows around more. I do have like, shut the f required to follow. As the others uh, talking here, as the others kind of head out after Aurora immediately afterwards, Hazen starts falling a back. Cup of tea at a sandwich. Um, Aurora <laughs> is certainly insightful enough to know that Hazen seems to be just trying to keep an eye on everyone, not letting anyone go off on their own. It's a good idea. Hazen falls back to Ren, and he says, "Hold up, just a Ren." Ren holds up as you guys are all walking right. <laughs> To the Matic place. Ren's pace slows. Hazen says. Totally really fast. Are they outside of your shot of Hugh? Yes. Ooh, okay. That's pretty far. Hazen has spent enough time with you. He, he knows. He Hazen, knows the exact. He knows the exact Hazen is a stealthy guy, and he was a very perceptive guy. That Hazen has definitely tested those limits. Oh yeah, Hazen. <laughs> in the game, in the guys. He sits in a corner. And yeah, exactly. Hazen is kind of plays a game to himself all the time to just kind of see when Hugh can see. And it's been a whole change in that game since Hugh's uh, change in vision. Like, His completely vision different. Hasten says, Ultra LASIK. Ultra LASIK. I found a nearby Mind Flare hive. Excellent. Is that what you were doing last night? He says, yes. Just, uh, how far? He says, less than a half day's travel. See, I've got a tummy ache. Less than a half day, so... Only my fair brain would appear it. Could we... By your estimations, could we get there and back in one day? Afternoon? One sleep session. You could say one night. <laughs> in one night. He says, yes. One fake night. Ren says... Uh, he says, it is a large hive. It is not safe. Ren says... He says, probably... A dozen mind flares, one leader more powerful than the others. And says, I will consider this uh, and get back to you. Thank you he for says, this information. He says, I know you would have gone out there and looked for it yourself anyway, so I saved you the trouble. He says, I don't need to rest. Ren says, again, I'm <laughs> grateful for this information. <laughs> he, um... He's had definitely has a, um, mixed feelings when, when he discussed the, you know, not eating and not sleeping, as, as has come up Sometimes before, where there's he a tried eating. you feel it, it, it does detach him from the rest of the group. It's it uh, like ashes. He has he he ashes. has experimented with sitting down and just ashes, ashes. going through the motions to just to try to be more human. And well, remember uh, the time he tried to breathe, and it was like that, terrible a rattly, it. horrible. <laughs> Because he doesn't really do that. It's like a distant scream. So we asked him not to do that ever again. And <laughs> <laughs> well, he does it when he speaks. Yeah, but it's not the same as just Preacher's forcing nose. a breath. The group all arrives <laughs> at the Matic estate. Or the Mayor Matic. What is his name? Alouse? Mayor Matic. Alouse? and Karis. Oh, that's right. Alouse Matic. Are there discussing, uh, discussing city matters. As they often are. Cinematics. And they says, ah! Uh, Alouse says, it's good to see you again. Hello. 
My son informed me of your arrival last night. Says, I'm glad to have heard about all of you arriving back in one piece and of... Sound mind and body. Sound mind. That was the word I was going for. I was going to say sane mind, but he doesn't know that yet. Sound mind and body. Still. True, still. And presentable in public. Kind of closed. <laughs> well, I forgot to change. You are not visibly insane. This is good. <laughs> That's not what always the case when people come out and come back. That is absolutely true. Why do you think they have the wolves? Um, Eat the bodies of the people they kill. Market crazy. People. He says, "Tell me of your exploits outside the wall." Talky talk. We we killed Char and absorbed her power. They knew that's what we were going to do, right? My eyes was do that, smoky stuff now. But I say, did smoky they... Stuff. Just, just to clarify, before we continue notice. role-playing uh, as a memory check, how much did they... What did they think we were going to do? They knew that you were going to um, go to a god and attempt to... They knew that the gods have a power source themselves as a power source that is separate from both the aberrant and the and the dwindling arc, arcane weave, and knew that your uh, goal was to hopefully harness that power. Yeah, Pinter says the details of how um, were not exactly clear. So, Maddock, Mayor Maddock, very very good maintaining a level head and a and calm a decorum. demeanor, a very a calm decorum, <laughs> a calm decorum, <laughs> amongst all things. And you see him sort of taken aback and at first he almost stifles laughter and he's like not sure if she's joking but Aurora looks completely serious also more serious than Aurora usually is with flowing hair it's not serious necessarily it's humorless imagine this humorless we killed a god (laughs) really I mean yeah yeah I would get like weighted hair bands (laughs) Uh, Pinter explains is her hair like translucent at all like shadowy or is it not translucent but like Really, really thick smoke. Oh, like smoke. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So you can't see through it, but it's mm-hmm. not quite it's like okay. hair. It's not hair anymore. Pinter says, like he says, we're able to, uh, our, the only way we can retire Tether to the world we came from and get back in time to save it is, uh, is to uh, funnel the energy of these gods. Into the bucket that is us. And it says, uh, we have succeeded with one, and unfortunately we must succeed with more. <sighs> On the you plus side, we're killing gods. He looks over... <laughs> he looks to each of you, and he sees Aurora say this, and Hugh say that. Nothing will and, stabilize uh, your world more. Than fewer deities. They fucked up so much stuff in the past. Do you really want them around still? Yeah, do you want to hear the stories about the freaking spell play? Well, says the gods are as doomed as the rest of this world. Uh, says, however, with the power we are channeling, we may be able to help your city as well. Does anyone say anything to that? I mean, Frida was just saying that this was not... Perhaps, it's... I wouldn't get up my hopes yeah, quite yet. We're still in the we're still in the testing phases. Karis what are you doing? The and he doesn't say anything. He just looks at them. And Aurora nods looks at, at Pinter. They were talking the night before about plans. Mayor Maddock is no stranger to uh, a group of people coming to him 
uh, clearly intending to be of one mind and that changing mid-conversation. Uh, if you work at all in politics, uh, it it'll take time. about 12 hours to see that for the first time, and this uh, would be the thousandth time that he's experienced this phenomenon. So it doesn't, he doesn't really kind of bat an eye. He understands when no group of people have all their intentions in line. Yeah, and he just he just responds acidic. he responds like, graciously and says and so says unhappy. we appreciate any help that of you can uh, that you can provide in the course of this uh, endeavor of this endeavor you are helping us by giving us a shelter and food and clothes and everything else that's true and <laughs> and we shouldn't necessarily <laughs> give false hope. <laughs> And, uh, excellent accommodations, shows. by the way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> if a little cramped. Uh, uh, Pinter says, uh, we are going to start searching for a second god whose power we can seek out. Hopefully one who's not primarily evil. Out. Uh, he says, uh, is there a, a concern... It's a damned if you don't situation He says, here. is there a concern about the power that you have? We, he says, he looks to each of you and he says... You seem a little on edge. Well, there are none mm. but us who can wield this power. Kind of like the morning after eating a meal that didn't sit quite right with you. But it should be fine soon. After I vomit out this energy. <laughs> <laughs> after I vomit out. Uh, yeah, Pinsu says there are none but us who can wield this power. Don't even think We about have it. spent our lives building up the capacity to do this, knowing we are not... The danger to ourselves is substantial, but our choices are limited. He says, you understand that the danger to yourselves extends to the danger of the city that I'm in charge of protecting. Naturally, and we would not do anything to endanger that. No. Knowingly. He says, would you know if you are a danger to the city once you become one? Would you just assume we're Well, that's where the buddy system kind of comes in. He looks around to each person, sees the glow, the eyes, the hair. Doesn't see anything on Pinter. Rita isn't glowy, and Ren, neither is RA5 or 4. <laughs> yeah, you can yeah, trust, trust the robot. Trust the robot. Ren, <laughs> the robot will alert us Ren once we've gone over the edge. A, 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 and says, isn't that kind of why you have the gate and the wolves, or the dogs, to sense this kind of a thing? Wouldn't you know? He says... The, wall, the, the wolves do not stop murder. The wolves do not stop thieves. It says the wolves stop the aberrant energy from entering the city. And, as you and I know, not even always that. Hmm. He, says, he says, the wolves cannot detect your intentions or, or detect your sanity. He says, if you know how to make that happen, you can talk to the wizard. <laughs> Bernice says, your, fear for your, city, your fears for your city are admirable, but without the help that we can provide, it even as a long good. shot, the city will not last. The slim chance we have will allow us to return to where we came from and be out of your hair and save what we have and allow your city to last a bit longer. It is the only solution. But Please if we don't try... Us then you will die the city he says you do understand that the last man that had uh, attempted to be to risk it all in order to save us 
was driven uh, was driven mad by the power that he found. What? The True. The, the high, priest. high priest. Oh. But now you get snitchy. He says, and perhaps there is no solution. Perhaps that's the end for all of us. But we can either accept that or try something. Fight. Do not go quietly into that good night. Die on your feet or on your knees. He says, no, no apparent good plan does not mean that you should execute a bad one. I don't think a bad plan is better than no merits. plan. That's the opposite of what he just said. Uh, Aurora disagrees with him. Yeah, Pinter says, Matt, yeah, if you would be more comfortable yeah. with it, uh, Frida and I can go over our research and numbers with you. Uh, and any of the uh, high priests or academics you choose. I you understand that. I'm a good teacher. Uh, he says, we would be more than willing to uh, have complete transparency. Almost as transparent as he is. And he says, so uh, not completely transparent. Gonna say, more, just, like, <laughs> more like translucent. Well, I mean, we'll have complete translucency with you. Uh, we, we have complete, complete transparency with you. Any any doubts you have um, are our doubts as well. So share them with us, and we shall find a solution together. We are not here to put the city in danger. We are says, here to save a world. Will this Frida be going with you outside the wall in the future? No, no. she yeah. stays here. She can be the. He says, "It does make me feel safer that somebody know that knows you personally will be unaffected by your exploits. Perhaps I will ask that she assist in evaluating you before that would you enter back in through the wall." And for our in our best she interest, she did as express well. interest in that. Yeah, Frida would be happy to help you with anything you need. You were volunteering. Well, she has quite a bit on our shoulders solving her own problems. He just as well. he sits up straight and he says, "Very well." I am satisfied with this solution for now. At right. least, at least, at least like for the next. This guy, now you, come did on. You, did you He's in the. You... Come on. Are you speaking over him, or are you letting him finish? I thought he was done. No, I was mid mid-sentence. Just want to know if you're actually interrupting him. No. Okay. He says, <laughs> he sits up and he says, "I am satisfied with the solution, at least for the next uh, for the next god that you will go after. Please let me know as soon as you know who you will be going uh, or where you will be going." So that we know when we can expect you back. He you says, Go ahead. Did mention uh, knowledge you had of, let's say, Labellus Enerath? Good job! You had led us uh, to Shar, and you had said you had some knowledge of him. Uh, how. The wizard steps forward from the shadows. No. Oh, the wizard? The royal wizard. Why is he lurking in the or I guess it's not royal. Snitch. The mayoral. His name, no, his name is, is Snitch. No, not Snitch. Yeah, not Snitch. Mr. No, no, he, he's it's just a he's just a um, Cecil. 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 Like from Final Fantasy. Cecil. Cecil. Wait, from Final Fantasy. What? Yeah. Grief no, wait. No, I'm thinking of the, yeah, Final Fantasy Mystic Quest. Cecil. Mystic Quest. Main co- I never main played Mystic Quest. No, I was not referring to that. Um, but Cecil is an excellent. <laughs> oh. Cecil is the wizard's name. Appropriate for any main character. Um. Cecil says. <laughs> God damn it! Wait, wait, wait! Softly, Cecil says. Cecil says softly. Shut up. Says <laughs> yes. The, <clears throat> the priests believe that Labellus Enerath is out there through various um, detection rituals that they had been casting. They believe they had seen his influence. Uh, coming as far as the city. 
that makes it difficult to know how far away he is, for we do not know how much power, uh, how powerful he is. But you have a rough direction? Says, yes. It's better than nothing. Says, I will set you up with the lead cleric researcher who will be able to give you more information. That would be excellent. As it stands, we had heard of some other ones, but that was some time in the past, and we don't know if they're still here or. Sometime, I mean, indeed. we've lost our bearings essentially, so we wouldn't know where to go looking for them. He says, Then I will set you up. Is that where you will head next? Uh, yes. Any suggestions from anyone else? No. no. Seems like a reasonable direction. What, what do I know about. Uh, Labellus Anarath as a god. Labellus Anarath is the lord of the continuum. Ooh, we got, how did they finally get power? We got in, a, in trouble with him uh, a while back, as you recall. Labellus Anarath controls... This, not controls, but whose domain is the passing of time. It is uh, part of his... He and I go way back. Portfolio. Part of his portfolio, part of his duties as a god... Which is uh, as the other gods and powerful, you know, beings, immortal beings, trust in him to be the keeper of the secrets of magic that can affect He's all about time. Fate. And he is all about, and his servants are all about preventing anyone from wielding the dangerous magic that is uh, that can that can change time. And that is why Lobo Senaroth has come after you for. Violating those directives on multiple occasions. Wasn't the um, probably pretty the temple of? Wasn't there a? Didn't we go somewhere that was? Yes, the philosopher's called, temple, the philosopher's temple was a temple to Labellus and Enerath, and they Heptos were keepers of the spells. Oh, shut up about him. They could things like time travel, uh, manipulating it's times. It's basically against the cosmic rules. So we can expect Labellus and Enerath to, to be at this. least a tiny bit like Heptos. Oh, great. No, even more, because he's a god level. So it's, it, maybe like, it even will just be a Heptos tiny bit. instead. Maybe it's just Heptos. Hey, guys. Hey, guys. <laughs> Freaking Stop. Heptos. Heptos should totally come back. <laughs> mm. Shouldn't. I'm gonna what if it actually is Heptos? Then we get to kill him. Then we get to kill him. It's a win-win. Oh my god, I hope it's Heptos. If Croker dies in the next fight, I'm bringing him Heptos. How do you spell yeah. Labalas and Raf? That's right. one of the I reasons like why I've never remembered it, because... You've never written it down? I've never written it down. I got it. I'd like to just point out. L-A-B-E-L-A-S. you couldn't stop L-A-B-E-L-A-S. Penis. E N O R E T H. Spells Labalas, Labalath, Labalas. Sorry. Enerath. All right. Uh, Cecil's actually the main character of Final Fantasy IV, as the chat has pointed out to me, and made fun of me for not knowing. I don't remember playing it, but I must have because I know the character. So, so do we have to change the name of the character in our cool. game? No, he's definitely um, still called Cecil. Yeah, Cecil's an awesome. What um, Labalas Enerath is he known to be a Good god, an evil god, a god who mostly just neutral business. Neutral, neutral and dickish. He did send angels after us. We messed up a tavern fighting with them. Yes, essentially because you are traveling to the dark world, which he sees as a form of subversion. Subversion of the time, time. which is funny because now he's in the dark world. Ironic. I really wish we would go after a good aligned god. What are the other gods? I hit them a lot harder. We knew Sirik, who is, is for sure evil. 
Um, a Munitor, good. Good. Neutral. Munitor is good. It's pronounced Minotaur. Minotaur a minotaur good. is always good. I would feel bad about killing him after yeah. we helped the angel dude. Pinter would His only feel was, comfortable um, with this if we could talk them into it R. in some fashion. RL. Yeah. Who was a fire angel. Well, maybe we can convince them and they will like... It's in their best interest Zurich, to die. Minotaur, Labos, and Arath. That's three. Not best, no, not best interest. They're good gods. Sure. Yeah. They're yeah, we already found out Shara. I know. Raider's good kind of thing. said four or five. Which other good gods so more total. No, but total. I mean, any good god we encounter, I think that... Total. Total. Okay, well, that's much four. more an option to a good god than an evil god. Sure, sure. So we could definitely talk... Of course, Amanator was crazy. Any good god. Who's safe. Any good, good god. Not really, because... Would help us in the situation. They would be helping us to fix our timeline, not theirs. Yeah, but their timeline's good. Good is good. Greater good. World's doomed. I don't know. Hugh considers him a good Wasted. person, and he pretty much says, screw this place. I mean, come on. Well, Hugh considers himself a lot of things. Great. Rather, screw this place if it's our place or this place. Screw this place. You can save a world save by jumping in these red crystals. <laughs> your world's well, still boned, though. Exactly. And that's your world's boned either way. But with your help, something. Salvage. Something can be salvaged. As the Thursday, that's great. Oh, they're not called that. As the Whoa! Quorum of Thunderstrikes, <laughs> they're not the Thursday nights oh, God. in the fiction. Where are we? <laughs> we just as, switched to the dark. As the Quorum decides which of the few gods they want to go after, oh, or to there. find others that they perhaps are not yet aware of, time passes. And we'll continue next week. <laughs> Another good transition. Shut up. Yar.